0: Hello and welcome to episode fifty two of the Ram Nintendo Podcast. I'm Jason. And I'm Jose. And in this episode of the show, we will be sharing impressions of Pokemon Rumble U and Steamworld Dig, A Fistful of Dirt, hence our title, Let's Get Ready to Rumble. But before we get to those impressions, we always start with news and it was a pretty busy week for Nintendo, oddly. They uh we kinda we I made a like last second comment commentary last episode like we're we might be due for a Nintendo direct, so stay tuned. We didn't have a direct exactly, but we had the news that yeah, had, comes we with had We had a Pokemon direct. direct. But we had the news that comes with a direct in terms of like this magnitude news. We have a brand new handheld. We have release dates. We have price drops. We have new Kickstarter games we're talking about. So we'll get to all of that before we touch on those impressions. Uh, best way to find whatever topic you're specifically interested in is going to ranotown.com, going to the blog post for this episode, and looking at the timestamps. So you can jump around freely. Or you can be a trooper and go through the whole show with us, which is obviously the preferred method. Yes. Preferred, prefer we prefer if everyone listens to oh. everything, right? Mm, whatever. They I want. mean, whatever you want to do, but It makes them
1: happy. I don't want to force them to do
0: anything. No, well, we're not playing time. Not, 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 not everyone cares about every game, but they should. Or topic, but they should. Then they have a well-rounded, in, a well-rounded uh, opinion of things they do and don't care about.
1: never know coming. I have any, no idea why know. I'm weird.
0: It'll be helpful on Jeopardy one day. Yeah. If they ever get on Jeopardy and there's ever a question like, what company did a Kickstarter for a Mega Man-style game? There's no, that'd a, be the a, question. Yeah, the nice. answer would be, this company did a Kickstarter for a Mega Man-style game and it surpassed X number of dollars. What is concept? I wish we had a buzzer sound. Because, or like a... Yeah, I guess that's the buzzer. <laughs> Sorry if I blew out it. Did I so. get it right? Yeah, oh. I think so. It's cons- I think it's Concept. concept oh. You're close enough. Damn. Close enough. Anyway, that was... Total waste of everyone's time. That's why the timestamps are there, I guess. I think I figured it out finally. But uh, So let's just jump into the biggest story of the last two weeks. And that is definitely the Nintendo 2DS. It's a 3DS without the 3D. It's a 3DS without the clamshell.
1: For a lot of people that I know have actually wanted. that. like, if they can just make a 3DS without the 3D, I would buy it. Yeah, which I, I never
0: I mean I understand that one on one level so now like they put
1: their money where their mouth is. Yeah,
0: they better go buy it.
1: Though it might not be the design they were hoping for.
0: No. They probably just wanted a DS Yeah. I yeah. mean the reaction to it was so emphatically meh <laughs> <laughs> like But from people that already have
1: Yeah that never plan on getting it. Exactly. Money it's not
0: made for those people. It's made for others. But so here's the basics of the T S, yes, and then I guess we'll jump into like the uh, whatever analysis there is of it. Like, you know, why it might not actually be a horrible idea, contrary to the internet's opinion. So the system is, like we said, a non-3D version of the 3DS. They're dropping the clamshell design. It's what they're calling a slate. It, it's like a Game Boy Advance, the original Game Boy Advance, where it's screen, buttons, everything on one side, and then you have a back, and that's it. It's just like a, a square. That happens to be shaped ever so slightly like a delicious cake. Or I would a assume stop. it's delicious. Or a dorm stop, or a piece of cheese. Yeah. Or... Or, time. like, one of those weird, like, super, like, shovels for little kids that are, like, super shallow and you can't really dig anything with them, but they give them to the kids anyway to dig in the sandbox. I have no idea what you're talking about. Have you never had a shallow shovel in your life? I had an actual, like, plastic shovel. Yeah, but my, the one I had was super shallow. It's like I was digging with a spoon, basically. Wow. Well, I had a hard childhood right digging with spoons. But, anyway, so, the it's coming out in black and blue and red and blue. Coincidentally, the colors of 3D glasses, yet it's not 3D. And uh, Europe is actually getting a really cool white and red ri- uh, variant that looks a lot kind of like a Famicom color scheme. Yeah, it looks like the micro. Yeah, honestly, ones. that's the one I'm most interested in if that were come to the states. But I don't think I'm getting it, regards. But um, system itself, because it's a slate and there's no clamshell, Nintendo's gonna be selling these pouches for it, kind of like the old Game Boy pouches they sell, for like the pocket and the color, and you and you just kind of slip it in, and it's gonna be 13 bucks and have a giant obnoxiously big Nintendo logo on the front of the pouch. But the system itself is what matters. 129 bucks. Um, it's gonna be. It's gonna have everything that the current 3DS has except the 3D. So it has wireless, it has eShop, it has Nintendo Video, it has all that. It comes with a 4 gig SD card. It has a physical sleep switch to replace the fact that you can't close it. So for games like Fatima Glass on DS, that may require it. That's how you get a, you know require closing system. That's how you get around it. And speaking of which, it can play DS and 3DS games. So it's like a 2500, 2800 game library right off the bat. But then again, so is the 3DS. That's not that big of a deal. <laughs> but mm. it uh, it also has a screen size identical to the 3DS. But the system itself is closer in size to the XL. It weighs more than a 3DS, but weighs less than an XL. So it's like kind of a middle of the two. I don't know how that sounds. I want to see it in person. Now. Yeah. Actually, I take. I think I. I think I misspoke. I think the physical size isn't much different than a closed 3DS. But mm. the. No, nope, no, I'm right. I was right. It's XL. That's impossible. It can't be the size of a 3DS because then the screens would have to be smaller. Because the 3DS is, you know, when it's folded shut, that's half the size of what you would yeah. need to have the two screens. But um, so yeah, everyone's reaction on the web was very what? Huh? Uh, no. And angry. things like that. Yeah, very angry. There are a lot of passionate. There were a lot of dumbfounded people and a lot of passionate people. And this came out of nowhere, by the way. Like. I remember, like, vividly, I went, I was looking through Twitter, like, right, you know, when I woke up that morning, nothing about it. I'm like, oh, okay, there's no Nintendos, whatever. Go take a shower, come out of the shower, and then suddenly there's, like, a hundred tweets, and everyone's like, what is this thing, 2DS, is
1: it a joke, does it blah, blah, blah. Yeah, I actually thought it was fake when I first saw it. Yeah,
0: I, I, I mean, I, the first thing I saw was uh, Stephen Totello at Kotaku sent out a tweet that's just, like, introducing dot, 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 the Nintendo dot, 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 2DS, and I'm like, huh? This must be, like, a Kotaku, like, like you know, lick, clink, uh, lick bait, link baiting. But, no, it was real. So, uh, I mean, uh, they have some points. The system looks bizarre. It's only coming out of North America and Europe, which is kind of unusual. And, obviously, it's undermining the main selling point of the 3DS, which is the 3D. But, with that said, under all the confusion, it actually kind of makes sense. I wrote an article on the site... uh, an extra on the site that is called Why This 2DS is Actually a Good Idea, where I kind of walk through what, this was, I put it up within like 24 hours of the announcement, and, uh, yeah, it's basically like, why, sure, it's not for us, sure, it seems weird, but there's some good things about it. there's reasons Nintendo's I was doing it, and it's actually kind of smart. So, I feel like just as we talk about it more right now, it will probably overlap a lot with the article, but if you want a bigger picture, more broader, like, here's why the 2DS is good, definitely check out the article. Um, Yeah i i wrote it so i have to plug it that's how it goes yeah. But, but yeah so um i think the biggest you know the biggest change everyone obviously saw was the lack of 3d oh i thought it was a speaker oh right yeah it has a mono mm-hmm. speaker like the old game boy now but if you plug in headphones you get stereo and surround back whoa i know I it's think like it's the, weird, uh, it's like 3D the pictures yeah that's super that's something i forgot to mention thank you yeah it takes 3d pictures it has a 3D camera, but you can only view them in 2D unless you send them off to your friend who has a 3DS, then they work in 3D on his And system. only
1: on the front. You can't take 3D pictures of yourself. You never could. You can't? There's only one camera in the front?
0: Yeah. Oh, Go no look no. at my 3DS right there. There's only one.
1: Well, I guess I just forgot. There's yeah, it's only the it. back that's 2D. Well, even so, it's still weird.
0: Did I just say the back is 2D? The back is 3D, the front <laughs> is 2D. Wow, even I'm getting confused. But no, it's uh, yeah, that's super weird. But, I mean, the lack of 3D on one level is very strange because it does undermine the system but on the other hand it kind of makes sense given what they're going for with the 2ds like you said jose there's a lot of uh there's a lot of people that don't have a 3ds that this could target because you're saying it's not for us which is true reggie has said reggie fees made of america's president has said in interviews with kotaku and with ign that they're aiming at emer- like uh entry level gamers i think is the term he used four-year-olds five-year-olds six-year-olds kids that this will be their first system that's why it's extra chunky because it's more durable. That's why it's extra plasticky. More durable. That's why it doesn't have a clamshell. More durable, it, at least a little. And that's why it doesn't have 3D. Because the 3DS, ever since it came out, in terms of saying seven and up only, you can't go back. You know, you shouldn't give your five-year-old this. It'll make their eyes explode. So I don't think that's their exact legal wording, but it's close enough. So um, yeah, so this kind of circumvents that issue and lets those people be able to get the system and join the like the ecosystem of 3DS games and not have to. You know, they can buy the games at full price, they get everything, but they don't have to deal with the barrier of, I can't play it because it's not for, you know, it's not for my eyes yet. I'm a couple years too young. Plus, why would a parent, why would any parent go, oh, my kid wants this 3DS, let's see here. Oh, 3D function for seven and older. Well, my kid's four. Why would I spend 160 bucks or, 100, or 200 bucks on the XL and get a system that he can't even use the main function of? And how do I monitor that main function? They may or may not know about parental controls. So, like, it's like, oh, there's a little slider. My like, kid you just turn it on and hurt his eyes. No. So, it's kind of circumvents that issue. As well as the issue you said of uh, of um, people that just don't like the 3D and didn't want to buy it for that reason because now here's a 2D option. Although, also, like you said, it looks totally different. So, who knows if that will deter them. Yeah, I feel them.
1: sorry for people that can't fully enjoy 3D
0: Yeah, well, it's actually funny. My dad had a situation where, like, one of his eyes, he can't. Like, he sees fine out of both, but one of them, like, is a little. Doesn't work 100%, let's say. So, like, 3D movies don't quite work for him. Like, you'll see a 2D image just fine. And the 3D movie will look 2D to him, but he can't see that extra depth necessarily. Yeah. So this is this is the system for him. I should buy him one and be like, it's for 6-year-olds. Here you go, Dad. <laughs> I mean, I've always been a big fan of 3D,
1: but it wasn't until, like, last week when I found out I've been using my TV wrong. What? You? Your 3D TV you been using wrong? Like, I always thought when I played a 3D game like Sonic Generations or whatever, that actually support 3D. Right. I just turned on the... T- 3d button on the tv no you right? turn
0: on in the on the console like, no that's what you're supposed to do
1: well that's right. like I, I never saw that switch and then so like i'm like okay the game's in 3d it looks kind of cool but then with the switch it's like whoa it's like it's the most amazing thing ever
0: well that explains why i was so lukewarm to your 3d tv when you were showing me sonic and i'm like oh okay <laughs> yeah it,
1: it's like a completely different game I just yeah. want to replay all of god of War 3 know, just do it for that. oh yeah yeah yeah
0: so you don't want to? You are. I you're am. physically doing. I want to know. Just right now, I decided I am though. Yes. Yeah, uh, right here, to. exclusive on the podcast, you're playing a Sony game again.
1: And I mean, yeah, I get the same thing in when We play a lot of those 3DS games. I so just yeah, like really cool. Yeah, no, I think those the Mario, is great. those Super Mario 3D line levels that I mean, the I mean, most of the games be played without puzzles, the 3D, yeah, yeah, the 3D puzzles. Like, those can be
0: played without the 3D, but it's a lot more difficult. A lot, Like, it's impossible to see the difference. No, they have, like, a slight, like, outline difference for that, people that can't play in 3D. They said they were going to do that.
1: Oh, well, I mean, for There's, Super 3D Land?
0: Yeah. Like, like the blocks, if you look at the block, yeah, if you look at it at the right angle, but you could like move the camera or something. You could tilt it. Oh no, so yeah, I, well, yeah I
1: mean, yeah, you could tilt the camera, but yeah, I mean, and there's a shadow. Tilt- when you tilt it, you see the shadow. Yeah, tilt, oh, which yeah is I mean, the but if you don't tilt about. the camera whatsoever, like, you oh, could, yeah, yeah, like I mean, the, yeah. they purposely
0: like make the line invisible. So totally, yeah. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, I just meant when you tilt it, it shows the line. Well, yeah, yeah cool. but yeah, but yeah, it does look really cool, and it's kind of, I mean, now Nintendo, you know, it's kind of a weird sidestep they're doing here, but it doesn't necessarily mean that three Ds gaming's dead to Nintendo, at least not they're not saying that yet. Uh speaking with Games Industry International, uh the VP one of vp VPs, a guy named Scott Moffat, he was saying that the he was saying that the sorry, there we go. He was saying that the three D effect um is still a thing that consumers want. It's still a thing they're gonna keep enjoying with the three DS. You know, you look at the fact that the system sold eight million plus here in the States, you look at the fact that the game sells super well it's just that they need to offer something that's not for the people. Yeah, I mean, you know, for the people that don't want the 3D, just so they can bounce it yeah, out. I mean, I guess that's awesome.
1: what happens when you, like, design a console around the
0: feature that not everyone can even, like, Yeah, experience. Yeah, it's funny because his whole point wasn't even necessarily, oh, it's for people that don't want 3D. Like, he was saying, yeah, it's for people that don't want 3D, but it's also more affordable. Take out the 3D, we can drop the price. And if you drop the price, you can bring in a whole new audience. Price has been
1: a pretty big factor for a lot of people. Yeah, it has,
0: and uh, so the lack of three D lets them keep that price down. And I mean, yeah, it's a bit of PR spinway saying like, oh, it's just an alternative. We still believe in three D because if they really believed in three D, like if three D if the three D bubble and burst with movies and TV, like if it was still going full speed ahead, I'm pretty sure the system would not exist. Oh, Fact is, interest yeah. in the three D has in three D has greatly cooled off. Yeah. Thus, Nintendo's having a reactionary product in the two Ds. Have you
1: seen what Disney's been up to as a replacement? Uh, second screen experiences yeah, In theaters wow. So stupid Yeah Ridiculous. Bring your iPad To the Little Mermaid And light up the room While people are trying that to walk so obnoxious When they have to raise the iPad
0: They wait on sitting behind them It's like Oh I just want to watch the movie Well everyone's raising Their iPad together I
1: know that's why So everyone's
0: iPad Is a view of someone else's iPad It's great Because I
1: mean What if I didn't <laughs> want to go To watch Little Mermaid Beauty and the Beast
0: Just to see Have that well, you going again. Here's the thing. You're going specifically for the second screen experience. They're not saying, go see Beauty and the Beast. By the way, a bunch of people have iPads. They're saying, bring your iPad. To I, know, the I, know, I, know, I know what I'm saying. Man. Like, oh, like, this is the only chance yeah. I get to watch it in theaters. It just happens that... It happens remember. to have iPads everywhere. Just yeah. be glad that there's like an iPad mini now and some people have those. Imagine if it was all 10 inches. you have iPads. to sit in the front. <laughs> yeah. you have to sit front row and crane your neck and have a really sore neck an hour and a half later. Yeah. But... But yeah, that, see, like, that's the thing is 3D's cooled off and now you have other stuff like second screen experiences taking its place. Huh, so this is that, Nintendo Reacting.
1: Does that mean that Nintendo, if they want to, like, if they get the rest to like, the movie, they can have a second screen experience while you're watching the movie on the Wii U? They play the movie <laughs> well, on they, the they GamePad.
0: They're doing, they're doing something kind of like that. Nintendo TV, E-E-E, with the two eyes. they just announced they doodle. Like, they're enhancing their second screen viewing experience. You can now doodle on screenshots in Nintendo TV and post them the Miiverse. You can't take the screenshot yourself because obviously Nintendo TV doesn't have a way to tap into your cable box. But they will, you know, how, you know how Nintendo TV works when you do the live viewing, yeah. where it's like it's pushing comments, it's pushing screenshots to you, and you can reply to them? You can now doodle on them and send them back, and they have a little like, competitions for best drawings and stuff. So, I don't think you win anything, but they're just encouraging it. So, they are starting to do that. So, I wouldn't be surprised you know, if movies down the still, road. you win the satisfaction. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. But I'm sure down the road, they'll do that with movies, which will kind of address what you were saying. You know, that will be the second screen thing. Uh, not that i really want them to they can, oh, they well, can. For, for personal home use that's perfectly oh true. yeah you're not gonna take your wii u to the movie theater <laughs> i know people complain <laughs> in airports and on trains every chair will have an outlet we'll have a wii u <laughs> just a wii u pre-installed but uh what was i gonna say um going back to the 2ds though so the 3d like i said a minute ago it does help bring down cost which actually raises another interesting point about the 2ds and that's uh the fact that the price point – I mean you said a lot of people wouldn't buy it at the higher price point, and this is their play to get those people. Beyond, by removing the 2D, by even removing the uh, the hinge, which cost, which Scott Moffat in that same interview said costs money to – you know, costs a lot more money to make a two-piece design than a well, one. Well, that makes sense. It's not free. Exactly. But it's – yeah, so by removing all that, they're able to knock down the price, and then they can sell more, and they do have that goal of 100 billion yen this year. So this is, you know, if, uh, having a profit of 100 billion yen by March 2013, this fiscal year. And this is their chance. This is their chance to do it. So, I mean, it's interesting because in Japan, this isn't as much of an issue. Like in Japan, they're targeting 5 million 3DSs sold by December. They're mind by March when they're going to have their 100 billion yen profit. They're chugging along in Japan. But in the West, where 3DS sales are, are lagging, they're now trying to catch up and that's what i think the 2ds i think that's why it's only in america and europe is because this is their chance to really drive sales home here in the states i mean they're not launching it next to pokemon so we're having
1: exclusive consoles like the home
0: wii mini in yeah canada yeah or... same idea Wii Mini in canada and europe yeah but it's yeah i mean there's no coincidence they're launching this side by side with pokemon x and y they have a kid-friendly console at a much more mass market price Launching alongside the biggest kid-friendly franchise in their web- repertoire. Yeah, doing a lot of the elementary schoolers. Uh, yeah. Pokemon. Yeah, this is definitely... Like, this is definitely a very, very strategic move on their part. Like, they are not, they're not just throwing this out there. They are definitely thinking it through. And I mean, not only that, but... It kind of mimics what's happening with Apple right now. If you look at all the rumors, there's going to be uh, an iPhone 5S, apparently and an iPhone 5C. And the C is a cheaper model that Apple can make more money off of and is more affordable to markets that, for whatever reason, may not be able to have, you know, pay for the 5S, like emerging markets. In a way, not quite to the same extent, but the 2DS is like the the iPhone 5C to Nintendo's 3DS as an iPhone. Does that, does that make sense? Like, kind of like how Apple is making a cheaper phone that's more affordable, now Nintendo's doing the same thing with a cheaper 3DS to make it so... More people latch on and more people join the ecosystem. Because if more people join the ecosystem, that means more games will sell. And that's where Nintendo really makes their money. I mean, right now, 129 you can buy... For $30 less, you can get a DS, I or DS Lite. And they're actually still making the DSi in Lite. And they're still selling it in select retailers. A few here in the States, but mostly in Latin America. More of an emerging market. So they're trying to cover every price point here. So you have the DS Lite and I for dirt cheap for the truly emerging markets. You have the D the two DS at one thirty for the more mass market price. This is the price that the DS like, skyrocketed during. Like one thirty is what you paid back when you had Nintendo Dogs and Brain Age and all those games were coming out and people were like, Oh, what's this? and they still
1: have Nintendo Dogs and Brain Age.
0: Yeah, but no one buys them anymore. Yeah. But <laughs> but yeah, no, that's like the part that's that's the price they know will work, or at least did before the smartphone revolution. But um. So you have those covered, and then you have the higher end that they're already selling okay, you know, pretty well with. Three DS is three months in a row, the top selling system in the US, even though it's still paling in comparison to Japan. So Nintendo's really just building out a building out a uh like a full portfolio. So two DS just fills a gap, essentially. Mm. It fills a gap while also ensuring that people won't keep just keep their D S lights and eyes and keep buying games that are ten bucks cheap, you know, super cheap, pre owned or used pre-owned users. same thing either pre-owned or like just really budget titles like they're getting people to spend $40 on a game if they get 2DS versus $20 on a game on for their DS so they make more money even off the uh, software sales let alone the fact that they the hardware is profitable cuz they stripped all the features yeah so it's pretty smart for Nintendo and i mean i think i think everyone freaking out about it is just kind of missing that point a little Especially since um, it's not aimed at us. Everyone freaking out are the core gamers. I mean, you said this. I already kind of said this. It's aimed at people that aren't, you know, truly gamers, like hardcore gamers. There's a reason Nintendo didn't make a Nintendo Direct There's a reason Nintendo didn't even tweet about this. It's been like two... A week half. It's like, oh,
1: what do our fans care
0: about? Does yeah, it's game? been... A, exactly. It's been a week and a half and they have yet to tweet about the 2DS on their Nintendo America account. Really? Like, it's not for us, basically, is what that's saying. It's a very mass-market thing. It's a very casual, new-gamer, blue-ocean strategy. Remember blue-ocean strategy Nintendo had where it's, like, we're going after gamers we don't currently go after? It's kind of come full circle. Because they originally, everyone's like, oh, they're too kiddie. Then they started making systems that literally kids couldn't, were told not to play. And then they became too family-oriented. And now they're going back and chasing those kiddie gamers that they basically excluded from their previous products. So they, like, reopened... Like, they cleared the water, so to speak, and it's blue ocean again. They can go back and capture those people that they couldn't capture before. Mm. So, I mean, it it is smart for Nintendo, but um, the one thing, however, that isn't smart about it... Well, two things, actually. One is that the system doesn't have a proper account set up still, as we all know, as 3DSNRs, which means anyone that might be upgrading from side grading downgrading anyone who's switching from 3ds to 2ds they're not gonna get a uh they're not gonna be able to transfer their stuff over unless they do a full-on system switch like oh, you know and then their 3ds turns. becomes worthless what oh yeah Yeah, it's like it's a one-time transfer so either their 3ds becomes worthless and they go only 2ds or they're just stuck and what's kind of annoying about it is scott moffat in that same game industry games industry interview was saying that uh Nintendo's aware of the issue. They know 3DS can't do system transfers. You know, it doesn't have accounts. They know Wii U doesn't have accounts. And his answer was, we haven't solved that yet. Really, Nintendo? Because every other company in the world has solved that pretty easily. And you have all our purchasing data in Club Nintendo. It's all there. You can go look at every single game and when you purchased it. Just hook that in. I don't understand.
1: It might be harder than it seems. How hard can it be? Maybe Club Nintendo wasn't really designed to,
0: like in that way and they're already too far in it probably wasn't but they're already pulling the data in one direction they could push it in another fact of the matter is club nintendo's a database a database you can query a database with another database like it's doable it's just they don't want to do that because not everyone has club nintendo probably but even if you cast that aside the bigger issue is of course that the 2ds name makes it seem like it's some other system than the 3ds you know like it's uh so now you have you know i'm gonna walk to a store i'm a parent hi can i get the nintendo 2ds sure okay what games can i get for 2ds i see there's ds and i see there's 3ds where are the games with the 2ds oh actually your 3ds plays ds and 2 and and uh 3ds oh so why are not they just so why is it the 2ds well it's missing the 3d function but so it plays 3ds games but non 3d so what's the 3d mean nothing in your case oh but it plays ds games yeah and 3ds games yeah oh okay like, do you, imagine, do you know how many times you know, people are going to have, so have that conversation? Do you realize how many times people are going to have that conversation, though? That's GameStop's problem now. Yeah, it's, but the problem is, we know. Like, I'm able to explain it in a couple sentences, but how many Walmart employees can explain it in a couple sentences? Someone's going to be like, Do you have 2DS games? No, 3DS and DS only, sorry, and walk away. And they'll be like, Wait, so you don't carry 2DS games? Like, the, you have to have someone that's actually going to say all the stuff I just said and go through that back and forth. Most people are just like, Nope, and go back to whatever they were doing previously. It's got to cause problems. And this is, a this is like... I mean, on the one hand, it's great. The three, the 2DS is clearly not another DS. Like, that's a problem I had with the 3DS, where it looks like a th- like a DS. Same basic design, just a slightly wider screen. This one, they dropped the clamshell. It's clearly a separate system than the S's were. So parents are getting the new system and were confused about what's the 3DS. Is, is. just a DS in 3D. This is clearly something different looking, which well, implies it's a different system.
1: I mean, but, I guess as long as they're advertising it, like, heavily... I mean, it's coming up the same day as Pokemon, so I guess yeah. if they have in their entertainment, they're like, oh, if they put the 2DS next to a cartridge of the 3DS, yeah, yeah, that would I'm work. Sure that would help
0: a lot. But how many kids are gonna say, "Mom, I want Pokemon X and Y, and I want, and I want Nintendo an 2DS," and then their parent goes to the store and they're like, "Do you have Pokemon X and Y for 2DS?" I mean, yes, eventually in the places where someone will actually speak up and ask, they will get have... the answer of, "No, it's for 3DS, but it works on your 2DS here. Let me grab them for you." But if you just walk if you're one of those people that are like, I don't like asking for assistance, I'm just gonna walk in, grab my stuff, walk out, just go into Best Buy. If you go in, you see a two DS and you see Pokemon with a giant three DS banner on the side, you'll be like, Well, that can't be the version, I wonder if they have it. And you'll dig around and you'll go, Eh, I guess not, I'll order it online and then leave, and then later realize you can't and give up. I don't know. There's a lot of people I won't ask. Like I know these are like these sound like kind of like ridiculous scenarios, but I mean there's a reason everyone is saying, you know, there's a reason the 3DS had these issues. There's a reason the Wii U had these issues. You can't name your products so similarly and expect people to just understand. Yeah. I'm sure Apple's going to run into a similar situation with the iPhone 5S versus 5C versus 5, versus 4S. Like, I mean, the numbers help a little, but what's the 4S versus a 5C? 5C, I guess, is a slightly bigger screen and plastic. 4S is metal and smaller. Okay. And then the 5S is a 5C, but it's metal. Like, it kind of has a better chip inside. Assuming all these rumors pan out. Like, it's the same kind of situation. It's just Apple's trained consumers into a pattern of we do a, this number, then an S version, then this number, then an S version. Well, Nintendo's just throwing numbers and letters wherever they want. 3DS, Wii U, 2DS. So, it'll be interesting. But the, the, the uh... You might be right. Maybe we're blowing it. Maybe I'm blowing this out of proportion. Because, I mean, uh, speaking with Kotaku, about the Wii U's name situation, Reggie was saying that, um... The U, going with U instead of 2, the, isn't the problem at all. He thinks that the issue with the Wii U isn't that... it's Not that it's not called Wii 2, but that uh, it's just the lack of games. Simply, basically, he feels once they have games out, everyone go, oh, I need that Wii U, and go buy one, and not... And suddenly, all these issues of, is it an accessory? Is it a... Uh, think, what is I it? We'll just, I just think the name is a problem. I, I do, too. I don't buy that. Yeah, see, it's, it's the exact same situation as 2DS, 3DS, kind of. I mean...
1: I, I could still see that even being a problem for the Xbox One, maybe not as much. Yeah. No, it will be.
0: Actually, probably worse. Actually, have you seen the Xbox One commercial that they did for the NFL? It's like a bunch of people just using the Xbox for fancy football and, and and Skype on your TV and stuff. And they don't show the console really at all. They just show what it has and it's like, you know, it flashes a few feature names on screen and it just goes Xbox One. And the logo looks just like Xbox 360. It has the same sound effect and everything. So I'm starting to wonder if Xbox is now going to run into this problem. You can't regress backwards. You can't go from, like, 2 to 1 or 360 to 1. It makes it sound like a service. It does. Yeah, it actually does. It sounds like... And how they showed it, it really looked like a service. It's just like they just showed UI. Yeah. So it, I bet they're going to run into the same issue. But I don't get why companies can't name things anymore. Well, I guess what Sony's is going Sony still got it, I guess. I, I get... Yeah. PS4. Just add a number and you're good. Yeah. <laughs> Keeping it simple. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. But it's... And the thing is, like, with the Wii U, I I. I just feel like Reggie, like, has he not seen that picture floating around the web of the store that has a sign above the Wii section? that's like, Wii games in white boxes, Wii U games in blue boxes, like a little key, because so many people don't understand the difference. <laughs> like, it's, there's clearly a problem, and I mean, I know they have their mall tour right now at Simon Malls, I know they did the summer tour, we covered it on the site. If you have yet to see that article, actually, listeners, not you, Jose, I know you've seen it, because you were there. Um, yes, yeah, I so we have it on the site. It's an extra. The inte- we U Ghost Hollywood's name of it. We have like 20 something pictures of the event. Is that actually pretty cool? Like, they did a good job of explaining what it is when you're there, but that's not enough. Putting a tour in six cities, playing a mall tour in 12 cities is not going to resolve a nationwide international problem of the name. They need to uh, do a halftime show or something? They do. They should sponsor a <laughs> Super Bowl halftime show. You know what? There's rumors Bruno Mars is going to be performing. They should just not have Bruno Mars perform. At least, at the time of this recording, it's a rumor. It's probably going to be confirmed by the time this is published. But uh, they should just not have Bruno Mars and just bring out a guy in a Wii U suit who just has a chalkboard and just is like this is Wii, this is Wii U, and breaks down all the differences for fifteen minutes. <laughs> it costs probably like a couple hundred million dollars, but it's probably worth their time. I know people will leave the stadium buying, <laughs> to go buy. People a Wii U. will leave the stadium and go. Oh, so that's what it's. Still not interested. <laughs> this is Zelda Wii U. What? Yeah, they're actually, speaking of the Zelda oh, just Wii, the Wii U. Is this a decal? Yeah, it does look a lot better in person. Though, speaking of which, one way Nintendo is trying to fix this issue of the Wii U name, or at least more, getting the Wii U, like, kickstarted, not kickstarter, getting a jumpstart with the Wii U, is they're doing a price drop. Even though last episode we were talking about how I was saying they're not doing a price drop, they're doing a price drop. So, starting on September 20th, the Wii U is only going to, the deluxe set of the Wii U will cost $299, the current price of the basic model. Uh, What will happen to the basic model? Funny you should ask. Nintendo's not saying, like, well, it'll still be there until it's not. Essentially, they're discontinuing it. Remember they did that whole rejiggering a few months ago where it's like all the basics got recalled randomly and I was like, oh, the basic model is dead. And Nintendo's like, no, 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 we're just reallocating. What they did is they, what's on store shelves is what's going to sell and then they're cutting it off. So right now you can get the basic for 300 or the deluxe for 300 some idiot, someone's going to get the BASIC and then realize it two days later. No offense to whoever bought the BASIC. I'm not calling you an idiot, but I just did. Uh, <laughs> but they're going to get the BASIC and be like, oh, man, I didn't get Nintendo Land or Wind Waker. What? But... Oh, wait, it was a digital download. I still have to turn it on. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Let me get it out of the closet. I put it in before we're playing it once. But, um, yeah, so what they're doing is, yeah, that's just going gen- like, to gradually phase out, I guess. And it's I like mean,
1: it hurts people that bought a
0: a, a, basic. The, a, a BASIC the most. Well, yes and no, yeah. But the thing is, that's the thing with er- with early commitment to a console, you kind of, or to any new hardware. If you're one of the early adopters, you kind of risk this. I mean, the 3DS, we had the Ambassador program to back it up. This one, it's been long enough, and the price is minimal enough, and, like, the price drop is small enough. We're probably not going to have an Ambassador program, but that's just the price you pay. Should I be- mean, we did get virtual console games for $0.30. Cents.
1: Yeah, I mean, honestly, like, I think it's only because we're fans of it that we bought a day one, otherwise, yeah. like, like, in my head, I'm like, oh, I should probably wait on every single console, but I mean, just can't. I not what you're doing with? Well, I mean, I,
0: I mean, huh? aren't you waiting on the PS4?
1: No, no, no nothing. Brother's gonna get it. I don't really have any interest in buying it. You say that now, but in three years, you'll have a PS4 of your I own. Know, that is what I said about the PS3. I know. You know <laughs> but uh but i mean yeah i mean i don't know i don't think we really bought any game i mean i don't think we bought the wii because i had to play any of the launch titles i don't think there was if a launch you, title game that i thought i had N- to play yeah, it was nintendo just a land,
0: right nintendo land wasn't the system seller that we sports. yeah was like, like, it was gonna be fun but i just wanted to own it right because it's much nintendo product. Product. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and we had to cover it on our lovely podcast right here oh yeah we that actually was, i'm proud of our I, guess I guess that was a bonus i'm proud of our launch card we like bonus episodes and all sorts of stuff but that's beside the point um yeah, so I guess yes. Yeah, yeah, so don't buy console on launch day if you don't really care. Yeah, it's like <laughs> if you're a <laughs> hard, yeah. true enthusiast and a true hardcore fan of the company then yeah, launch day makes sense, but you do run the risk as is now happening of a price drop. And so how to go work is with the new Wii U for 300 bucks. It's either the deluxe set that's already out with Nintendo Land bundled in or they're doing the Zelda bundle. Excuse me, bundle which we talked about last episode and is now confirmed. So it's going to come with a digital copy of Wind Waker. It's going to come with a digital this one's cool digital ebook of the hyrule historia which is an amazing book of zelda like it's like a zelda encyclopedia
1: when i was reading the box i was like oh it comes with the hyrule Historia, but then when i saw that it was digital i was really disappointed
0: no 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 it's wait you're disappointed that it's a digital no it's cool high res all that stuff we have in the book on a 40 inch tv you can look at the details so much more i could like decipher all the like little hyrulean things so much more i'm glad i have a physical book but I kind of also want the digital.
1: Oh, it's just I, cool. I, I, I don't know. I guess that's, well, that's just me. Like I, yeah. I, I really don't wouldn't want a physical version of that at all. I mean, a digital version. Digital. Yeah. digital. Yeah. No, yeah. I, I. It if, seems so unappealing. And if I had to fact choose that between the it doesn't have the cool cover and you just want it physical.
0: Yeah. No, I'll admit if I had to choose between the two, I'd go physical. But now that I have physical, I kind of want the digital companion. Basically, like it just seems neat. No, but yeah. that's just me. Yeah. But uh, so that all comes with the. Um, Wind Waker bundle along, and I believe the Wind Waker bundle also includes what's in the normal deluxe set. So you have the gamepad cradles, you have the digital deluxe promotion, all that. So, um, I'm at the wind. Oh, and of course, I forgot the biggest thing: the Wind Waker bundle has that special edition Wii U gamepad. Which in the photos, on Met in the nice high-res photos that are now out there, looks a lot better than when we talked about it last episode. I still don't
1: think it looks so that much better. I don't
0: think, like, I don't, I still personally wouldn't buy it, but I see the appeal of it now. Because it's it's not just little embroidery, like, on the very bomb. It's all over the entire gamepad. And they, like, did little things around the home button. And they little, like, designs around other parts. The NFC chip has a little Triforce with it, like the chip reader. Like, it looks, I mean, it looks pretty much out there in the leaked photos. just now that I've seen a cleaner image, it looks nicer, I guess. No, oh. I wouldn't buy it, but I can see why people would or why people would be excited if they're like diehard Zelda fans. I don't know. Like, see, like, that's another thing that's
1: just, that that is just me. I just I don't see the appeal for it, even if I was like a big Zelda fan. If, if I, yeah. I mean, I do like Zelda a lot, and I would and I wouldn't mind having a Zelda themed console. Mm-hmm. But that I don't know. It doesn't seem appealing to me. It just it seems too bare minimum. Like I guess after seeing what they did with the DS Lite, oh, if they did gold. How it was golden and stuff? Like after, anything after that just seemed like a letdown. Like, what they did with the 3DS, like, oh, it's just embroidery.
0: Like, and it, it looks yeah. like anything you could just get a decal of, like... It, eh. I think that might be why I'm okay with it, is because I was okay with the 3DS as well. Like, I thought the black and gold look was really nice. I mean, yeah, it is kind of a cheap sticker, but it's just yeah. it's a good color combo. Yeah. Like, I mean, well, a golden well, gamepad, I'd be on board. I mean, I I'm, gold I'm, not, I'm not
1: denying like that it's, yeah. a, it's a bad color combo, I'm just saying it just looks
0: plain and boring to me. Right, right. No, I see what you're coming right?
1: Especially because, like, the Wii U itself,
0: like, doesn't have, like, a giant... Just give it a giant Triforce or something, but... Yeah. It's just there. But the problem if they do that... Actually, no, they could have done that. They could have done... it. They should have done that. They should have just done gold. All gold everything. Yeah. <laughs> they should have just carrot did it they I mean, if they, it. I mean, if they already had to
1: commit to the decision that, like, oh, okay, we can't just sell you another game pad, or, like, so yeah. they just make the whole thing golden, but... Yeah, that's true. Especially because Wind Waker is so golden, like, the game box is golden. Everything is yeah. so gold about that game. Everything's gold I all I was, Yeah, I was like, like, really? That's it? But that yeah. was, I mean, other people really seem to like it, so, I mean. Yeah, it,
0: <laughs> yeah, it's kind of a lot of things I like. And the thing is, it's the exact same price as the normal deluxe set now. They come out on the same day, so it's really just, you just pick your poison. That's a bad analogy. It sounds like they're horrible. You pick your delicious sweet nectar of gaming goodness. There we go. But uh, it's actually interesting because the, the game comes out on September, or the system comes out on September 20th, which means if you have the Wind Waker download, you get it on September 20th. But before we even get to that, one um, one thought I just want to say about the price cut is there's actually kind of, like, it seems like, oh, 50 bucks Nintendo's taking a hit. Duh, duh, duh. But, and I mean, that's how the stock market reacted too. In Japan, um, Nintendo, they saw their stock drop 6.1%. The biggest drop since May, when they announced the price cut of the Wii U and when they announced the 2DS, which happened simultaneously. And I don't know how much of it was the 2 was the WTF factor of the 2DS versus the price cut, but I'm sure some of it was Nintendo. You know, if you drop your system nine months after launch, ten months after launch, and fifty dollars, it uh, basically it doesn't look good. Nintendo has, you know, it, it's they're taking a hit. The system's not doing well. Stocks will react appropriately. But on the other hand, it is kind of clever how Nintendo's doing the price drop. They're not actually dropping the price at all. You're still paying $300 for a Wii U, which is what you could pay before. What's different now is what they're throwing in is becoming free. At the end of the day, Nintendo's still making the exact same amount of money off each Wii U unit. They're still—I don't, I don't think they're profitable yet, so they're taking the, the same small hit. They're not taking a bigger hit. What's different is now the game and the doodads, the gamepad cradle and whatnot, they're, you know, they're losing the money on those. But if you look at the grand scheme of things, the the most expensive part, the hardware, they're still keeping the same cut, and they're able to get more people to buy the system, which means more people will be buying games. And like I said about the 2ds, that's their bread and butter. If they can get people into the ecosystem buying those games, who cares if they give away one fifty dollar game or one sixty dollar game? You know, Zelda or Nintendo Land. They'll make that back much quicker without having to hurt their hardware margins at all. The system itself is literally the same price. It's just what they're including with the system that's changing. So it's kind of a smart way of making it seem like it's a it is a better value. You're getting more, but they're doing it without actually hurting their hardware margin.
1: Yeah. So pretty much at this point, it's like, oh, we just paid it for Nintendo Land. Yeah. So.
0: Exactly. So it's not even it doesn't even hurt us as yeah. deluxe set I'm okay adopters. Yeah, I'm fine with that. Yeah, fine with that. Nintendo Land's really fun. Yeah.
1: No, Plus we got all those um like really cheap thirty cent games, yeah. which. Before I realized that we had that, like, before anyone else, mm-hmm. like, I thought, like, oh, we, we should
0: probably get a ambassador program, but I, re- I take that back completely. We got we did, a bunch basically. of really good games for, like, nothing. Yeah, I think we got, what, eight NES and Super Nintendo games for a total of, let's say we bought all eight. It was you a total assume, of, like, assume
1: there's like, two bucks, three bucks. Yeah. It's it's a good deal. And if you assume they're, like, between five and six each, even though some of the Super Nintendo ones are, like, eight bucks, yeah. like, seven bucks,
0: like, yeah, it's a lot. Funny. Yeah, it's it's good. It, although, honestly, I feel like mo- virtual console games should always be priced really low, because yeah. they're just ROMs. Most of them were not the best games, but I mean, yeah, are always cool, Metroid hey, was cool. Hey, yeah, Super Metroid for $0.30, cents, that's an amazing yeah. deal. But, uh, yeah, along with... So, yeah, the price cut, I guess the moral of the story is, more affordable to the consumer, you get more with it, Nintendo doesn't take a hit, win-win, let's see if it can actually help drive sales, which is what Nintendo's saying it will do. Obviously, they're going to stay that while, well, so they drop the price. But, um... The game, the sales, the things that really help drive sales, of course, are the games, more so than even the hardware cut. Because if you don't have games, who cares what you pay? You need games. And Intel finally announced all their first-party game uh, release dates. So the interesting thing that I started saying a minute ago about Wind Waker, which I'm now, I guess, picking up on, is uh, that the system comes out with the Wind Waker bundle on September 20th, but Wind Waker itself comes out on October 4th. Which is a two week gap. So, what they're doing is because people who get the system early can go ahead and download Wind Waker, they making the download available for everyone early.
1: Yeah, for a second, I'm like, oh no, they up, they moved up the release date. Like, yeah, you're tweaking. I was like, how am I supposed to <laughs> play like, Wonderful One in five days? Like, really enjoy it, but. You don't have to if you're getting yeah, physical. It's like, oh, so everything's
0: so good. I don't have to get it right away. Yeah. But you know what? It's weird though, because then, so they have digital on September 20th, physical on October 4th. But for the diehard Zelda fans, like, oh, maybe I'll get a Wii U bundle if I really like the new gamepad. Sure, that's an option. And you get the digital Zelda. Or I'll get physical on October 4th. Or I'll just get digital on September 20th early because I want to play it two weeks, two and a half weeks early. I want to play Wind Waker HD now. It looks gorgeous. Whatever. Or wait till October 4th, go to GameStop, and if you're lucky, you can get a limited edition version of Wind Waker that costs a little more but comes with a five-inch tall Ganondorf figurine. five looks- inches? Yeah. Whoa. I think it's five-inch. It's really big. Yeah. It's like bigger than. It's like half the size. It's like half the height of the box.
1: Yeah, it's like about the size of an action figure. That's yeah, huge.
0: I think it's five inches. But you get a Gandorf figurine, which looks super cool, modeled after the Wind Waker Gandorf, obviously. So it's like, what are Zelda fans supposed to do? They can't win. If they get, if they get early digital, they get play two and a half weeks early. If they get the Wind Waker bundle, they get a digital copy and Hyrule Historia, and they get two and a half weeks early. Or they wait till September, or I mean October fourth, and they go get the limited edition bundle, assuming they can still find it because they already sold out the pre-orders. Or they just get a standard edition. Like, there's so If you're a collector of Zelda stuff, you have to get, like, three different things. It's nuts. I mean, it's great. Like, that, there's all these options and there's so many cool things it does doing to promote the game. But it's nuts. Like, I feel bad for people that collect all this stuff. Yeah. That's buy like, six copies of Wind Waker. Well, two. Yeah. Well, I was exaggerating yeah. a little. <laughs> but... But the, the... You know the thing, actually, that annoys me the most about that GameStop situation is... So, it's sold out. The pre-order sold out, right? But why... Did it sell out? Why didn't they just make more? It's a month away from release. Yes, it's limited edition. But here's the thing. Nintendo, for once, has a Wii U product, a Wii U game that people are highly interested in. I'm not just talking about, like, oh, I'm going to go play Pikmin 3. It'll be fun. Or I can't wait to play 101 or Wind Waker. I mean, like, pre-orders are selling out. Like, this is something... Nintendo has not had this situation with the Wii U yet, where they have a product selling out before it comes out. And it's a game that's
1: already been out.
0: Exactly. So instead of going, oh, let's produce more... They go, oh, yeah, we're done. Thanks to the whoever got it. See ya. Like, come on, guys. You need all the sales you can get. Make more of the bundle. I mean, they might. It only sold out a couple days ago. So maybe they're in talks with GameStop right now. But Or maybe they're just having a whole bunch out. just be there day one for walk-ins, which is how I'm hoping to get mine because was six hours too late to pre-order. But, yeah, I was also unlucky. I talked to yeah. the GameStop people and they told me, I even asked them, like, oh, like,
1: where are the chances of having, like, extra walking ones? Mm-hmm. But they said, like, oh, no, they only, they're only going to give us exactly the amount of people that pre-ordered it. And I'm like, well, that kind of sucks.
0: Yeah, it just doesn't make sense.
1: And apparently there's still not allowed to sell the ones that, like, oh, if someone, like, pre-orders it and they don't come in, you still have to wait, like, two weeks or something. Yeah,
0: it's such a weird implementation. And when you have a system that's struggling, you probably want to make it as easy as possible to get whatever people want for it. It's just backwards. But the the upside, though, of the um, that whole weird digital download early release split thing. Like, if you can't get the bundle and you just want to get it early, here you go. Because apparently the bundle's done. But if you do get it early, uh, Am Sessler, you know, the game journalist, he actually raised an interesting point about that bundle. Or, well, not exactly that. But not the bundle, sorry. About, yeah, about the Wii U console bundle, and more importantly, oh? the fact that what they're was doing... his point? I'm getting to it, and the fact that they're doing the digital Don't keep me in suspense. Oh, yeah. I'm going to. So he has this video series, Sessler Somethings, where he just rant, rants about various industry stuff, and he actually point out that doing these early digital releases can, is a good deterrent for used game issues down the road. Like, in the sense of... I mean, we were kind of talking about this. With Wind Waker, some fans go on immediately when it comes out. As soon as the game has gone gold, as soon as the game's ready to print onto disc... They can just, you know, in this case, is releasing it on the eShop. Other companies can just release it however they want, and fans can start downloading it. And since, as we all know as gamers, we always want to play it first and have be the first ones to experience it and whatnot, um, this is a good way to do that, while also guaranteeing that all those hardcore fans that may go buy it day one as a physical disc but are now buying it digitally because they can play it early, once it's digital, you can't sell that back. That's a guarantee that you will not have to lose a sale down the road if someone trades it in later. Mm. So it's like a double... It works in two ways because one, it rewards the fans early, and it guarantees used game sales aren't as an issue as much for the company. So while Nintendo's obviously painting it as just, hey, we're you know we're just releasing it early because we like you guys and it's, we're doing the bundle on that day anyway, so it just kind of works. In reality, they're actually helping to make sure that there's not as many used copies out there to buy, which means more people will buy it new.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's, it's actually kind of smart. It is a big buffer. Like I mean, by the time it comes out physical, like almost everyone that wanted to play would have already played it. Yeah. I mean, I don't really have a problem
0: waiting at all because I mean, well, so, we already played the game and yeah. I don't really
1: care for digital. And I'm
0: pretty sure a lot of people want the physical one too. I mean, especially if they can get the bundle. Yeah.
1: It's also not a game. It, it it falls under my list of games I would hate to have as a download because once you beat it, 100% it's just Dead Space. Yeah. Yeah, Not is. Dead Space.
0: <laughs> no, it is Dead Space. Link goes in space, enters the year 3000, whatever, and shoots people with an electromagnetic gun. Don't you mean Necromorphs? Yeah necromorphs with oh. an electromagnetic gun are they
1: necromorphs I think those are the alien
0: creatures mhm I think you're right I don't know I haven't played Dead Space in a long time I've only played it on my iPhone but um which is actually shockingly good oh. like it works you would not expect that but anyway you know what else uh, works on the iPhone Walking Dead I really play that? I wish that would come to the Wii U eShop it's on every other download service I don't know,
1: I, I think it's best on the iPhone I've, pr- I've tried playing the PS3 version And it was fun, but once I played it on the iPhone it's like, Well, it was
0: built first on iPhone, I think And then ported over it might yeah, That cool. was built like, for a computer first but Well, yeah, but that's more iPhone-esque Just replace the touch with a mouse icon yeah, You have the same free maneuverability Yeah, I can whatnot.
1: see the, these kind of point-and-click games working better on mm-hmm. Or a, a DS only
0: device. Or a DS or 3DS
1: I don't know, there's a lot of things that like, I don't see working Just because you have the two split
0: screens I mean, right, Right, good point I don't be weird. Yeah. But uh, one other point that Sessler made during that video of his is that, that I just wanted to touch on, is that, um, you know, every company's trying to avoid the use game situation, like Xbox with its awful DRM that they're trying to push. Uh-huh. You know, how the Xbox One had all those restrictions and whatnot, and they had to reverse course. This is, like, a very smart way of doing it. You're not affecting the consumer in a negative way, you're yeah, actually it was giving it's you Looked it up.
1: Yeah, now <laughs> but, I want to know what the alien creatures are called?
0: Wait, wait. While well, you look that up, I'll finish the thought. But it's not uh, like it's not affecting consumers in a negative way. Only positive, And you don't have a bad PR with it. You just kind of release them early, and then look, your used game sales will go down. Your full price purchases will go up. It's it's it, it works. And as Cessler pointed out, and it's actually a very good point. This is abnormally forward thinking and abnormally like tech savvy of Nintendo. Like they're usually behind the curve, but they're they are way ahead on this one. Like I would not be. I think these early releases of physical games followed by a retail release. Wait, I said that backwards. These early releases of digital games followed by a physical release. I think we're gonna see a lot more of that. It might not be a two and a half week buffer because that's kind of large, but like a week or like a week or so, I can see that happening pretty frequently. Which sucks as someone who likes physical games. It sucks for someone like me who had a very hard time between choosing between a uh, new Super Luigi U, digital in June versus physical in August. Like, if this becomes the norm, I think I'm going to, like, die of stress or something. Because, like, imagine going through this for every single Nintendo Uh, game.
1: It just depends game per game. The only reason I think I ended up just caving and going for digital on Luigi U just because...
0: It was cheaper and it was a two-month gap. Yeah, cheaper and...
1: I mean, the the cheapness, I guess, makes sense, too. Because, I mean, they don't have to rebuild the whole engine for you. It's already there, so Mm -hmm. you're not paying for that. Yeah. People who bought the physical and never played New Super Mario Bros. You are going to have that same, I don't know, like 40-hour experience
0: yep. without it. For us, it's kind of like retreading. Yeah, I agree. But uh, So yeah, along with Wind Waker, I think I started to go down this path, and then we got sidetracked by Cecil or something. But along with Wind Waker, Nintendo announced a bunch of their other release dates. And that includes, um, by the way, Wind Waker is only $50 if you get standard edition. Which is actually a new pricing trend Nintendo's doing for a lot of their first-party games, which is really nice. But uh, along with Wind Waker, Nintendo confirmed all their other major release dates going into the holidays. And it breaks down a little something like this. Well, first of all, Mario and DK did a switcheroo. Uh, Mario was oddly in December, while DK was their big holiday pre-Black Friday title in November, they've now switched. But here's the full breakdown of essentially every single... Uh, game that Nintendo's first party is releasing this year when it'll come out what's prices. So kicking off on October twenty fifth, we're gonna be getting Wii Party U, which will now come bundled with a Wii Remote. Did Wii Party come bundled with a Wii Remote I don't remember. You got Wii Party. Yes it did. It did. That's all I got. A lot of my Wii Motes and now I have now you're gonna have like eight if you buy this
1: one. Well I already have I already have eight. I have four Wii pro Wii Motion Plus ones and four non Wii Motion Plus. And those without Wii Motion Plus are just sitting in a shelf. And
0: a yeah. door. I'm just gonna, See, I only have three. He's going to give them away. I need more nunchucks, though. Well, Nintendo should start bundling nunchuck nunchucks just for you. Yeah. It should be the Jose edition. We par you, Jose edition.
1: Yeah. Was, with a free I mean, nunchuck. With a free hot pink nunchuck. I have to provide all my guests with a nunchuck. I can't fully experience... We were trying
0: to play something at your house the other day. It was, yeah, med- it was
1: Metroid was. Blast, because we, yeah. only, we only have two nunchucks. Yeah.
0: It's, it's, it's frustrating. But yeah. anyway... My uh, guests need the best experience possible. Indeed. And I haven't been providing it. You have not. You have been failing.
1: As a host, that's how we play um, Thief, cause we're on Thief because we only need one gamepad.
0: Oh, in Game of Mario? Yeah. Yeah. Nothing else. <laughs> yeah, that's true. It makes it really easy. But uh, so, we Party U, October 25th, comes with the Wii Remote. Also comes with a gamepad stand of sorts. It's a. Uh, it's. You like lay the gamepad. It's not like the stands that come with the Deluxe set, which now everyone will have because that's the only one they're selling. It's. You lay the gamepad flat on top of it and it just kind of holds it up on the table. And these are for the 15 tabletop. Gamepad-only mini-games are including in We Party U. Because if you recall, We Party U has the board game mode with, like, 80 mini-games. And then it has these uh, gamepad-only mini-games where it's, like, foosball and other things where you have one person on each side of the gamepad. Kind of like Game & Wario's, uh, what was that, Disco? Where you are doing the dance battle back and forth across the gamepad. Is that
1: what yeah, it's called? Yeah.
0: Disco? Disco? Yeah. Yeah. So <coughs> Excuse me. So it's kind of like that, and that's on October 25th. And all of that, the Remote, the GamePad stand, and the game together will be... Forty nine ninety nine. Which isn't so bad, actually. It's a pretty good pretty good deal if you need a twenty second Wii remote. Then in November, on November twenty second, oh god, November twenty second. November twenty second. That's a big day. So and I don't just mean in the Nintendo world, but it starts with Super Mario Three D world. That game, unlike everything else Nintendo's releasing this year, is gonna be sixty dollars, not what? fifty. So, uh, that's that's November 22nd, the big Wii U title, Mario 3D World. Then on 3DS, on the same day, we're getting two separate 3DS games. First up is Mario Party Island Tour, which I guess is actually coming out this year after all. They have flip-flopped on this one so many times. Well, I don't understand about. Well,
1: I, I guess it's only for the hard, hardest core, like the ones that really. No, it's up for really. the
0: casual. Well, then why? This is the one where they're... Oh, so
1: that's what Nintendo did. They announced nothing for
0: the casual and just overblow everything that's hardcore. No, I don't even know what they're doing. Here's the thing that's confusing about November 22nd, and then I'll get back to the games. So Nintendo's releasing three major games that day, which just so happens to be the day the Xbox One comes out. Those retailers are going to, that's going to be a crazy scene. And it's the weekend before Black Friday. That's going to be, like, it's the Friday before Black Friday. That's going to be insanity. Like, total insanity. But, yeah, so they have um, Mario d World, Mario Party Island Tour, and Zelda Link Between Worlds all on that day, which is going to be nuts. And I think the reason they stacked them like that is because they thought both consoles would be out before then. Like, normally what Nintendo does is they release their handheld game on, like, the week of the 15th which is now the PlayStation 4 release date, and then they released their console game the weekend of, like, the 22nd, their big holiday weekend. That's when they always launched their consoles as well, that weekend. So I'm guessing they bumped their handheld games away from what they thought would be PlayStation 4 week and Xbox One week to what's traditionally their weekend. Most people speculate Xbox One would probably be out first week of November, second week of November. Little did they know it would be out the same day as all their games. So now they managed to avoid PlayStation 4, but now they're day and date with Xbox One. Oh, so that's good cuz I think they wanted to have this one's got some competition but I Oh, out. yeah. Yep. You know it. But uh so yeah, back to Mario Party Island Tour though. I don't understand how this game is coming out so soon. Like Mario Golf World Tour, they showed us a bunch of footage, it told us a bunch about the online and stuff and then it just quietly got delayed to 2014. Mario Golf Island Tour or I mean Mario Party Island Tour, also why are both games tours? Is there some cross-theme cross thing there? But anyway, Island Tour We've seen basically nothing of except a brief some screenshots. It's all video. And a brief video, yeah. But we do no, know nothing about how it's gonna work, nothing about what its unique hook is, yeah. and it comes out in forty five days, sixty days. Like that's just they kinda so tell remember remember, he's like, Oh, every map
1: will have its own unique gameplay style. And yeah. this one you have to be risky, and this one it's a right. race.
0: But But what's di- what how's it used the three DS? What's it what's different? Like yeah, they haven't talked. To it. They've party, told us so much more about Mario Golf.
1: My parties have done have always been kind of yeah, kind of cool in the way that they have unique boards. I like remember there was one board that was kind of like Monopoly, where you have to Which like Mario Party. I think it was six or seven, where um, the basic pretty much instead of collecting stars, you have to buy apartments, mm-hmm. and you can invest like, oh, I'm gonna buy this apartment for four stars. So now if someone wants that apartment, they have to pay five stars. So you keep that apartment. Oh, for, I remember that. And then like the little icon flips over to the logo. of the Yeah.
0: Man. See, we don't know if they're doing anything neat like and that. Then, all and, I want to is little gimmicky things.
1: And then there was another map where you do collect stars. Oh no, where everyone starts with a certain number of stars, but you have to steal them from each other using chain chomps.
0: Yeah. See, yeah, I, I remember that. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So I guess having unique theme boards is nothing new. Yeah, but, but we don't even make, know what they like,
0: mean exactly. Like they kind of allude to stuff, but it's all vague. Like it's really weird how low we know about this game. It hasn't been playable anywhere. Nintendo showed all their other games at PAX, at Comic-Con, at on won't their mall tour. While... This is
1: nowhere. It won't be in their mall tour in the... We'll...
0: It's not listed. It might show up, but it's not on the list right now. What is... Is there something bad about this game? Is this game actually awful in reality? made by. I don't even know. Probably their usual HAL Laboratory team. Does HAL still do them? They used to do the originals. Do they Did not... Do they do not? I feel like they have. Yeah, I feel like they have. But, um... The thing that's... An... We did learn one new thing, thanks to this announcement. They released box art and Bowser Jr., and, uh... Wow, I just blanked out her name. Uh, the girl from Galaxy. Rosalina? Thank you, Rosalina. Bowser Jr. and Rosalina are both on the box, interacting with, the, like, on the board, on the box. Like, they, basically, they're probably playable characters now. Oh. So that, that's a big, big, big new revelation for Mario Kart yeah, Ros- I Rosalina's Tour. officially a uh, coming out in every single game. She's she officially a... a new Nintendo princess. <laughs> yeah, I mean. Yeah, and Bowser Jr. is officially a new I mean, she's already been in three different games. Yep. Tennis, Mario Kart, Mario Kart yeah wait did you say Mario Kart Mario Kart yeah Mario
1: Kart Wii and Mario Kart 7 oh yeah
0: yeah yeah but uh she's in both you're right yeah uh so yeah those guys are on the box yeah, and for some reason a heavy class they just need, I she's secretly really fat and uses special intergalactic powers to make herself look thin yeah I would perhaps it. maybe she's a really fat princess maybe it's a Sony crossover and we just haven't learned it yet some reason, I always thought, like, oh, maybe the weight is factored in by the luma that's always around her, but it's floating. Maybe she has her own gravitational pull. Maybe she actually is thin, but she has a uh, gravitational pull, that's... and she's the one keeping her starship from getting, or her little, you know, flying thing from getting sucked into black holes. She personally is responsible for pulling sense. it. That yeah. makes sense. Yeah. There we go. But one thing they didn't put on the box, they put these characters, but one thing they didn't put them actually really annoyed about, no Nintendo Network logo, which means no online play. Mario Party has been ripe for online play for years. Where is it? Why is it not? So I really every, thought this would be the one.
1: Every party game has been could be like the perfect online
0: game. I know. Yeah, Mario I'm, Chase would be such an awesome online game. It would, but well, the thing is, Nintendo. Or uh, Reggie was actually saying to IGN that uh, he was saying that Nintendo is very selective about how they how they do their online, in the sense that uh, in the sense that they know. They have the capabilities for online in every game. They know that they want to do online and ev- that they can do online every game. They know that players want online, but they're picky about which games they put the online in. Oh. Like there's some experiences that they purposely like it's better local. Mario 3D World is the example he gave. It actually makes sense. Like Mario 3D World is more fun local. And I guess Mario probably falls under that local's better idea in his head. Nintendo mm-hmm. developers said. Not Reggie said. Reggie doesn't have a actual say in anything. Yeah, I feel it doesn't like. mean,
1: they have to waste more resources to make it online. So I guess if the company that likes to cut corners. I don't and...
0: think it's a resource thing. I think it's like it's way more fun to see your friends' re- reactions in person. than it is online. No, well, I mean, if you have mic chat, it's also just as fun to hear them yeah. scream and yeah. Suspicion. I mean, I mean, the flip side of that argument is that Mario Kart is the same way, but it's awesome online. Like Mario Kart's way more fun in person, but it's also really fun online. So I don't know. Nintendo's just. I don't know what their hesitation is with online play, but whatever. If they're not going to put it, I probably won't buy it at this point. Unless there's some crazy new twist in Mario Party. One game, though, that does have Nintendo Network support that I didn't expect to have Nintendo Network support is uh, Zelda A Link Between Worlds. Which is, as we now know, also coming out on November 22nd, our favorite day. So, um, A Link Between Worlds, when they announced the release date, they showed box art. Which, by the way, looks gorgeous. have you seen that box art for A Link Between Worlds, where it's just it's like no, it's gold tinted with just the Master it Sword does it in really it? Good. It's really like really cool. It looks a lot like the uh, wasn't there art for a Link to the Past that is like green tinted, it's just the Master Sword in like a garden or whatever or a courtyard. It's basically like an updated version of that. So it's gold now, like everything's gold tinted. There's like a hieroglyphic, a hieroglyphic or Hyrule glyphic link on a wall, like it's all you know on the art. It looks really good, but the noble thing is in the corner. Xenomorphs. Are you still on Dead Space?
1: No, those are necromorphs. Xenomorphs are the ones from Alien.
0: Oh, well, I'm glad that's resolved. Ah, yes. Well, there you go. From 20 minutes ago, we now have your answer. <laughs> Thank you for doing that hard-hitting uh, detective work. It took me such a long time. It did. It. it did. Yeah, because I wrote Alien names. I've been watching you on your phone, like, what are you doing? Because and... I
1: googled Alien species names, and then I got links to people just making up Alien species, species, species names. Yeah. 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 But, uh... so I, had to, I had to look through um, <laughs> Colonial Marines, and then... Right.
0: Yeah, but you found it. Yep. Everyone that's listening can now sleep easy knowing the answer. Xenomans. You have prevented insomnia around the world. Xenomans. congratulations. Yep. Anyway, now I, I was saying with uh, what were we a, talking about? I was saying with a link between worlds. Online. Oh yeah, pretty. So they put Nintendo. Yeah. It looks nice, and they put more importantly, there's a Nintendo Network logo on the corner of the box. Of course,
1: they have no one knows play. what that means. Yeah, what? we do. What is it? Online play, four third edition.
0: Oh my god! I wish, I wish. I, that's I. Oh, no. That's not confirmed. Don't get my hopes up like that. (laughs) If they did Four Swords online, I would forgive them for not having online Mario Party. I'd forgive them for the Wii U weird naming situation. I'd forgive them for anything they've ever done. Ever. (laughs) Ever. And I would buy seven copies of A Link Between Worlds. And then return six because I realize it's a waste of money and only have one in the end. So, which would be a waste of time. So, you know what? I'm just going to buy one. Never mind what I just said. I'm only buying one. But no, if they did Four Swords online, that'd be amazing. And it would make sense, actually, now that you mention it, because A Link Between Worlds is a sequel to A Link to the Past. The last edition of A Link to the Past that came out was on Game Boy Advance. And what did it come with? That's Four I, Swords. That's why I said. It. Oh, man. I hope that happens. If nothing else, though, so, realistically, I bet you it's DLC downloadable dungeons. Yeah, probably. Yeah. But if it is Four Swords. Oh, wow, I can't I swear someone listening right now is like this guy's way too excited about this. Like, what is this guy's problem? He's such a nerd. But no, you don't understand. I love four swords. That'd be so cool. So cool. Anyway. <laughs> so that's uh that's all November twenty second, those three games, including hopefully four swords online. You know what? I'm gonna be so disappointed if it's not there now. <laughs> you have ruined a Link Between Worlds for me and I was very excited about that game. I'm still very excited about it. But now like it doesn't have four swords online I'm just gonna No,
1: nah, they die. wouldn't do that new Nintendo wouldn't they would just probably release that as
0: a standalone thing make you pay for it more. not necessarily I mean the other a Link to the Past on Game Boy Advance had it yeah but that's the, how many years that's ago the same was Nintendo. that that's the same Nintendo relatively that's 2003 Ten okay that's ago. an old Nintendo <laughs> It's a decade ago or maybe 2002 even I don't know hold on I have a giant a link to a past banner right We're recording, for those who want well, to know our whereabouts, we usually record at Jose's. Today are recording at my house, mixing things up because of the heat wave <laughs> and here in L.A. And I have a giant link to the past banner in here with no copyright on it. Yeah, I think it's 2003, but there's no copyright on it. Anyway, uh, back to the release schedule that Nintendo put out. We also now know that Donkey Kong Country Tropical Freeze is taking Mars, Do- December spot and will be out for only $50, which is nice. On December 6th, there are two other games in Nintendo's processing that are coming this year, one of which sure, one of which no. The sure one is uh, Mario and Sonic at the Sochi 2014 Olympic Winter Games, oh, yeah. which is the biggest mouthful of a title in a while. Uh, it's going to be up before the end of the year. They haven't announced the price, they haven't announced the date, but what's interesting is for the first time ever, Nintendo's publishing it themselves here in the West. The original deal between Nintendo and Sega for those Olympic Games, Nintendo publishes in Japan, Sega handles Europe and North America. This time around, Nintendo's doing all three. I bet you that's part of the negotiation tactic to get Sonic Lost World. Which, by the way, is out October Wait, and
1: Sega is still counting it as
0: one of the three Sonic games? They're still helping develop it. Oh. But I think before, they wanted to get the most... Like, they wanted to do it in the West because they would make money, more money that way. But now they're probably like, well, Nintendo's basically taking it over, so we don't have to pay for marketing or anything. And they're even, you know, it's a trade-off. Like, they'll cover the marketing, they'll cover the distribution in return for us bringing Lost World as an exclusive. That's my guess. I was I was not in the uh, negotiations. I can't confirm or deny. But the other game that they're claiming will be out by the end of the year is We Fit You. Sure, I guess we still know nothing about it. Uh, it's out. It's actually out set for uh, an October 31st Halloween release in Japan. So not you know even, you go not binge even on candy. Skating? No, you go binge on candy, and then you start playing We Fit. Are we kids! I binge on candy during Halloween. I don't go trick-or-treating, but all the candy we have in my house that doesn't get picked up by trick-or-treaters, I then binge on for a month or so. Oh, wow. We we always have, like, five bags of candy here, and we only get, like, five trick-or-treaters. So that's four and a half pounds of candy, approximately, (laughs) that I then eat. No, they get two pieces, and I get four and a half pounds. You give them each other bag. No, because you never know if there'll be more than that. You don't know how much candy you really need until the night's over. And at that point, you just go, well, I guess I'm eating these three pounds of candy in the next six hours or so alone that sounds depressing um but yeah we fit you I, I nintendo i mean we've talked about before how they always are hesitant to reveal their new I, their brand new innovations until right before so there's no time for anyone to copy so i i guess that's why we don't know what's going on what's going on with it, even though it'll be out end of next month in japan hmm. like literally 45 days from now we fit you will be out in japan how does that maybe a little more maybe 50 but how how does that work how do we know nothing and yet i i don't know i guess nintendo's what they're doing But yeah, so those two are going to be um, out sometime this year, just a matter of when. One interesting trend, one excellent trend, actually, I noticed across all these release dates, is Nintendo is now giving us entire weekends to play their games. They always used to release a game on Sunday if it was a high-profile game, Tuesday if it was a, like, whatever, you know, it's just a release, or occasionally other days if they're experimenting. Like, Pokemon XY, that's out on a Saturday, because Saturday is when it's traditionally released in Japan, and they're doing a simultaneous worldwide launch. Then you have like Star Fox sixty four three D that was released on Friday, as was Kid Icarus Uprising, just to experiment and see how that, yeah, would, that would do.
1: Weird, going to get a game on Friday. Yeah,
0: we'll get used to it because every single game I just mentioned coming out on Friday, which actually I Is prefer. that the new Nintendo Day. I think so. That's how they do it in Europe. I actually prefer that because you pick it up on your way home from work, on your way home from school for those going to school still. And they just play it all weekend. You have all weekend to enjoy it. They used to do Sunday to ensure that they were you know, right there. The weekly ad comes out that day, everyone shows up on Sunday for deals, and they're right there in the front of the store. But they could still be right there in front of the store if they come out two days earlier. So there's really no reason for them to wait till Sunday. Hmm. So, yeah. Go Nintendo. I'm, I'm happy about that one. Uh, and as I mentioned, Pokemon X and Y is the last game that is breaking that trend. And it turns out that Pokemon X and Y, there's a lot more to it than we thought, sort of. <laughs> um, they had their own Pokemon Direct Dedicated strictly to new Pokemon news it was About 25 minutes of Pokemon news Really it was about three talking points That they stretched into 25 minutes Like each thing takes maybe a minute to say Yeah I
1: kind of skipped every
0: time they discussed something Yeah like something they did there. a different format So it was uh, Satura Iwa, Nintendo Gold President Along with the head of the Pokemon XY games And the head of Pokemon Company And they were sitting around a table Which by the way had an awesome back wall of Pokemon plushes it looks really, like, cool. and they I just concur. Yes, and they just chat about Pokemon and chat about red and blue version and gold and silver and, like, literally work through the history, which they seem to do every time they have a Pokemon announcement now. Like, hey, remember those old games that you played? Yeah, so do we. Let's recap. Like, they do that every time. But, um, yeah, what they got to are three announcements. The biggest of what... I think three. Three? Three. Yeah. Three announcements the biggest of which is a new pokemon storage solution in the cloud called pokemon bank and essentially what this will be is it's a downloadable application on your 3DS and it lets you store a bunch of pokemon up in the cloud for, Three, an, an, for an annual fee yeah it's 3000 pokemon one that 130 boxes that each hold no 100 boxes that each hold 30 or 3000 in total and you can Push them to the cloud. You can pull them from the cloud. It will work with games going forward. Like it's not just X and Y. I work with all Pokemon games in the future. You can upload and download at your leisure. It's all very tightly integrated. Like the concept's cool. It's really no different than a cloud service like, I you know iCloud or any of those Pacers. Uh, what's Microsoft called? Sky, not Skynet. Um, whatever it's called, you know all those. Uh, it's the same idea, but instead of photos, instead of documents. Its How many little boxes Pokemon? do you
1: normally have? I think you have like 6 boxes or 7. You have like 6 or 7 in the game. But the ho- and I, I think, I mean, I really doubt they did it because, um, I mean, the only, the only people that I could really see using this feature would be, um, or this app, would be people that play the game really competitively. Like, from like my experience when I would play Diamond, like, a whole bunch, mm-hmm. uh, I would try to make the perfect Pokemon, and you need to make the perfect Pokemon if you even want to try to be competitive. Which requires a lot of reading and a lot of egg hatching. I would have, like, three boxes full of just rotums. I just to get. And then, wait, wait, three
0: boxes worth? Yeah. That's, that's what, 90? No. 30 rotums? How many rotums is that? Like, 90? That is 90,
1: yeah. Yeah, I have, have, like, boxes and boxes of, like, Sneasels, boxes, like, every baby Pokemon just because you have By to... By the way, like, can we please
0: make I had boxes of Sneasels <laughs> into an expression <laughs> for something? Like, it just sounds ridiculous.
1: Like, if we did, like, real-life retweets... It's cuter tweeds, than a box of Sneasels. I mean. <laughs> <laughs> it's
0: like barrel monkeys boxes of sneeze also.
1: but pretty much that you have to wait for you have to get the right nature like oh i want a timid type rodent because that makes their speed higher and it decreases right, the type. right. but then in addition to that you have to have the right little description because that also factors into their attack stats mm-hmm. and stuff like that so you go through a bunch of them. yeah yeah i can see that being like And that goes up fast but right. I, I really doubt nintendo is doing it for them i'm pretty sure it's just because now that they have a sixth generation of Pokemon, they're over seven hundred now. Like minimum, they're like. So you need eight. this solution, yeah. Bro. Like there, there
0: isn't enough room to have one of each Pokemon in yeah. your box now. And I mean, they have established in the past that there's an interest for this Pokemon box on GameCube was a thirty dollar piece of software they oh, yeah, had on your yeah. GameCube that yeah. stored up to a thousand Pokemon. My Pokemon Ranch on WiiWare, they mentioned these on the Nintendo Direct as well. But that, while it was its own no game, it also doubled as a Pokemon Box sequel of sorts. So this is yeah. just kind of the next logical step. Yeah. This is just kind of the, yeah exactly. It's where the Rumble designs came from. This is the next step in that essentially. Like the and I mean it's a it is kind of a brilliant idea, especially because not only do you have like cloud backups of your Pokemon. Essentially, Th- this was actually great on the website for Pokemon Bank. There's a sentence where it's like, if your Pokemon game gets stolen, you can have your cloud backup, so you don't lose your Pokemon. Is that an issue? Like they're wording it like, well, like I mean I understand people, people that do, train them, but like,
1: people do get their games stolen a lot. Is, really? I don't know. Is that I, that I, common? I, I feel like it's not... I, like I just found it funny because, like... It's, com- it's more common than, than I than I, than I would assume. I guess. I, I g- get rid of you so often, like, oh, my game got stolen, blah, blah, blah. I have to start all over. Because, I mean, Pokemon is kind of like Animal Crossing. is one of those games you keep on your DS or whatever, like, for pretty much until you no longer play a video games. So. Yeah, I guess. I just found it really funny that, like... You it's know, the most likely game to get stolen because it's always going to be on your console. Right.
0: I No, I just found it funny because there's, like, you know, lots of these, like, legitimate cloud services for actual data that people like pokemon yeah i understand people that train them want that data to stay but for people that like you know most cloud services they pitch is it, like oh secure all your files so like you don't lose important documents like they're backed up in case your computer gets stolen and then town comes in it's like your pokemon are backed up in case your cartridge gets stolen like it's just fine that they're mimicking that same tagline yeah. for people that train them it makes perfect sense it's just funny that that's like a yeah. selling point but
1: i mean over the course of like i don't know how many months like even though i've made so many like Perfect Pokemon, I guess. Yeah. Like, I never really ran out of space. I would just delete them. And I guess it's just like, oh, if you're too lazy to delete them, you can just move them to the store. Yeah, like I that. think
0: they're getting to a point where they don't want people to delete them. Plus... well, release them. It takes forever, but... Yeah, plus do. there's uh, the whole fact that some people do like to catch them all still. It may not be the, cat- it may not be the official slogan anymore, but got catch them all still resonates as a thing people do. So, you know, if, when there's this many, it makes it easier. Plus between games. Because part of the appeal is, they've every single game, they've had to the bake in some sort of transfer option. Yep. Yeah. And made it so like oh you put your Game Boy slot on the bottom of the DS and then your DS game card on the top and then they're both in there and you do this little transfer dance and some other pretty stuff cool and,
1: like pretty much because of this like you could still get your Game Boy Advance Pokemon all the way to X and Y yeah because
0: yeah, how it works oh yeah that's actually a good point I mentioned yeah. that how it works is uh, for Black and White one and two you can use the, a special sub app of of sorts of Pokemon Bank called Poke Transfer I think Poke Transporter yeah. Poke Transporter and that will literally move the Pokemon off the game card. Like, you, you open the app, you have your black and white game card in there, it will read the game card, get the Pokemon out, and upload them to your cloud-based Pokemon Bank, at which point you can then download them into X or Y or any future Pokemon game. That's yeah. actually one really neat thing about X and y, about Pokemon Bank, is it works across any game you can think, any possible game for 3DS for You can put them in X, you can put them in Y, you can put them in a second copy of X, you can put them in a third copy of Y, you can... Put them in Pokemon Q or whatever the next one's called. Like it's never yeah. it's forward thinking. I Downside, guess
1: cause of, I guess, because of the big overhaul on visuals and stuff like that, like you can't just simply trade them over. So I guess that's probably about yeah. To do that. I
0: think that's part of it. And and this is something they apparently have been wanting to do for a while. in the direct uh, one of the, the Pokemon people were saying that um if I remember correctly, he was saying a day like when they were doing Pokemon Box when they were first doing like connectivity with the DS version that was the first online one. All that they were thinking about like what if we had a server somewhere? And what if we just put them on server and people can just download and upload whenever? Oh. Like, it, I mean, it is a smart idea, but of course, because it's on server, because it's being future-proof, because it's a long-term project, as you kind of, I, we didn't really touch on it much, but you mentioned it, it has an annual fee. Yeah. Much like any cloud service that, you know, you can have X amount of free space, but then you pay money, this too, you will pay money. But there's, there's like a seven-day trial period, and then you have to pay money. So I don't know if I would ever use it because I don't, like, catch them all. I just, get, I just play with a team that can get me through the game. But for those who are really k Pokemon fans, it sounds like an excellent solution to any potential transfer issues going forward. Especially because yeah. I bet future Nintendo consoles will not be able to have two cartridges in at once or anything like that or be as backwards compatible. So it alleviates that issue completely.
1: Yep, yeah, That's why I still keep my regular DS around in case I still want one of my Game Boy Advance Pokemon into the 3DS. Yeah. But... And,
0: yeah, one other thing, though, because a lot of people, I mean, we seem okay with the price, but, you know, there being a price, but a lot of people on the web are like, oh, no, what? They're charging? They've charged for every Pokemon box or situation. Pokemon box was $30, like I said. My no, Pokemon man, ranch was, an like, 15 speed, so. Yeah, like, this isn't different. This is the norm. Every game where you've had an external storage option has cost you money. The difference is instead of paying $30 up front, you're maybe paying a couple bucks a year. I mean, granted, if you have it for a decade, it'll become more than Pokemon box costs. Possibly. it's probably going to be like five bucks a year. That's my guess. That's my guess. But... um, It's not even that
1: bad? No, it's
0: not that bad. And they're also doing something kind of interesting where if you have illegally modified Pokemon, or if you have, like, edited Pokemon through, like, external software, and you put them in the Pokemon uh, bank, Nintendo can detect it and actually just delete them. And I think they're doing this because there's a whole issue with the last Pokemon World Championship where some of the people that were competing for it were using modified pokemon and actually start progressing up the ladder i don't think any of them got to the physical tournament but like the qualifying rounds that were just you know play at home online people started progressing that shouldn't have been progressing because they were cheating so nintendo is now trying to be proactive and stop this by yeah it keeps pokemon bank but heads up you gotta play the game how you're supposed to play it in order to do it no game shark for you so yeah. yeah but beyond just pokemon bank they did announce a couple actual in, well, one major in-game thing about Pokemon X and Y. And that's that the starter Pokemon aren't how they normally... Starters have changed. I guess is the best way to say Not it. Not that much, I mean, well, the, well, the starters are the same, but you now have two of them.
1: Yeah, pretty much, like, instead of getting the new starters from a professor, you get your new three starters from a friend, and then later you get the original three starters from, like, blue, red, and blue from...
0: Yeah, so essentially you'll get uh, Frog Dude, Chimp... Leaf chimp and I'm forgetting their names and Firefox. What I'm trying to describe what they look like. but I don't remember the names. The new oh, ones. Oh yeah, Frog Dude.
1: And they and Chessman.
0: AKA Frog Dude, Leaf Chipmunk, and Firefox. Yep. You get Fire Dog, whatever. You get those three from the front right and then a little bit later. But before your adventure begins, you then get Squirrel Bulbs or Charmander. You pick. Um, which changes a lot. I I would imagine that would change a lot of the strategies in the early part of the game, because I remember every single Pokemon game, the big strategy was do you want to get a Pokemon that helps you beat the first gym leader easily, or maybe the second gym leader, or do you want one that's more future proofing? Like yeah, that was, that decision I, mattered a little. I don't it wasn't it, ever hard, but you know I don't know it I, helped. I, I,
1: I don't see how well I mean I guess this is also just me like I I feel like that should have never been something that people should consider when they're picking their Pokemon. Like like oh should I yeah.
0: I like, don't care like what the first gym is, just pick the one you want. Yeah, but a lot of people did choose based on what the gym leader had and whatnot. Like, See, my friend know. did when we had, like, oh. Pokemon Gold and Silver. See, I, th- I think that's silly. Just because, <laughs> like,
1: if you really care... I mean, if your favorite Pokemon happens to be the, like, weak against the first gym, if you train it long enough, it could beat it, even if it's, like, getting attacked by weak. week. By that's true. Bit. That's true. Or just
0: catch another Pokemon. Like, yeah. Right after but it. But now you have a second one, so it kind of... I mean, it changes the dynamic a little. No matter how you go about picking them. The fact that you have two... That can now be raised pretty much to... Because, you know, the starter is often the person's most powerful Pokemon by the end of the game. So to have two of them changes things a little.
1: Well, yeah, yes and no, I would say. I mean, you're just going to have a more balanced team earlier on. Right. But, I mean, if they just make the gym leaders have, like, not just a straight type anymore, if they change it up a little, then it won't really make that much of a difference in the end.
0: Yeah, that's true. That is true, actually.
1: I mean, not even that, but I know... um, some of the battles, I mean, some of the gym leaders in X and Y they were getting, not X and Y, um, black and white got created. Like the first one literally picked the opposite of whatever you picked. Oh, that's right. So, I forgot so, about so that. So it didn't even make any difference who right. you picked because right. it would automatically be like, oh, you have three dudes. What'd yeah. you pick? Oh, I'm going to, then I'll fight you
0: or whatever. Right. I
1: totally forgot about that. So, so they're perfectly capable of like finding a a workaround. Yeah. I mean, your rival will probably get, like, the weakness of that one, so
0: then your rival will still have two Pokemon that are good against you. You just have
1: to figure out when to switch out.
0: Yeah, I wonder what the... I mean, I guess nostalgic reasoning is part of the reason they're doing these new guys. Like, they're bringing back the old ones. Well, it
1: has to be nostalgic. I mean, why else would they happen to pick Bulbasaur? I mean, if they really wanted... Yeah,
0: more competitive ones, they would have picked the ones from Diamond and Pearl or something. True, true. But Um... yeah, well, and that nostalgia plays into the other big thing they announced that's within-game, and that's uh, Mega Evolutions, as we've talked about before. You know, Pokemon goes Digimon. Uh, Now... Charizard, Blastoise, and Venusaur can digitize. And they have to get Charminite
1: or whatever? Charminite. It? I
0: don't know, because they always have to find a stone. Oh, like, right, look, yeah, yeah. Like, they have to get like or Yeah, like, they have to get like... Baisacanite? Yeah, exactly. They Well, it's different now. It's not just a stone. That's the other thing they announced. So not only do these guys have Mega Evolutions, but how all mevo- Mega Evolutions will work is it's a mix of the Mega Stone and your trainer character now has this wristband he acquires at one point in the game called a Mega Ring. Uh, by the way, Nintendo, if it's on your wrist it's called a wristband if it's on your finger, it's called a ring. You don't have a ring on your wrist. just call it a mega band just, yeah, or a band or like a, yeah, it's like a band or like a, something like that. It's not a ring on your wrist that's not how the world works No. <laughs> or, but
1: maybe it's a ring for a really it's big, a ring around a giant,
0: your wrist. but it seems maybe like obviously it's too big for you maybe the big plot twist in this new Pokemon game is it's actually a world for nine foot tall people, <laughs> but you're a normal person. But you're a normal person, so the ring is actually a wristband. Maybe that's it. But no, so apparently the new thing with Mega Evolutions is... You have the wristband, which interacts with the stone or some ridiculous gimmicky thing like that. But the point is, it they hinted that your relationship with the Pokemon is what enables it to Mega Evolve, not just the stone. And that relationship is channeled through the wristband or whatever. In other words, that Pokemon Ami Mode, the Nintendogs for Pokemon thing where you build a stronger friendship with your Pokemon... Maybe it's more crucial to the game than they're laying on. Maybe that's how you build the friendship. Because they said you need know, to have a strong bond. Yeah, in previous Pokemon games, you could build that bond by just having them on your team a lot and battling and that sort of that's thing. It's kind of cool. Because, I but, mean, I
1: guess I mean, when you're battling someone and then, like, one of their Pokemon Mega Evolutions yeah. like, oh, okay, this is a Pokemon they actually, like, put that a they lot more time about. into. Yeah, so it kind of makes Mega Evolutions so, a
0: bit more logical. And it also gives Pokemon to me more purpose. Yeah.
1: I mean, I, I like that it adds a whole other layer to it. Because, I mean, before you had, like, items are always, like, really crucial and important in battle. Like, yeah, I mean, a Weavile... Like, they're really powerful and really fast, but they could take no hits. Like, one hit, of anything, will kill them. Mm-hmm. So you give it a Focus Sash, so it could take a hit, no matter what it is, and it'll mm-hmm. survive. But now you have Mega Evolutions. It's like, do you want to sacrifice that item to give it a Mega Evolution? Yeah. Sometime, I don't know. Like, it... Yeah, it's, it's definitely... I could some Pokemon, like, probably will, like... Charizard will probably not be allowed to Mega Evolve in some competitive teams, just because... He's still really weak against Rock, I mean I'm
0: really curious to see how they handle mega evolution. But then also competitive play. Yeah,
1: but I mean Venusaur, like I mean, he gets the ability Thick Fat, which pretty much makes him resist ice and fire attacks more, which are both of his weaknesses. Yeah. So I mean that could but I mean, I don't know, who knows like how competitive scenes will work. Yeah. And while the new people get
0: really creative and who knows what Mm -hmm. And while and while the new abilities of Pokemon of like the mega evolutions are kinda cool, like, you know, Venusaur now more resistant to the things he's weak against that sort of thing. I want to say, the actual look of the mega evolutions. I'm sorry, is it just me or is it sacrilegious to change Charizard, Blastoise, and Venusaur? These are like classic, iconic. Like that'd be like, hey guys, here's a mega evolution of Pikachu. Don't don't point out Raichu exists. That negates my point. But <laughs> here's a mega evolution of Pikachu. Like that just feels wrong. Like, um. and it doesn't help that the mega evolutions. Some of them look okay, but they're also kind of weird. Like Blastoise has like an evil goatee and a huge mm-hmm. cannon on his back, like a single cannon that looks like a. Like a current warship cannon, and then like, it's like a tank. Yeah, he looks like a tank guy, and then like uh... Venusaur has a big flower petal on his forehead Be- Be- because Be- that's menacing. Yeah, Be- Venusaur had to do a double take. I'm like, wait, what's different besides the flower? Yeah, petals? and then Charizard they just like sharpened him a little in some. Well, spots. I mean, he
1: has like three horns now,
0: and now he has like wings on his hands, it, and, he, it and, feels and, like, and his wings look like kind of worn. It just seems. Like, I like the idea of Mega Evolutions on some level, while on other levels it could potentially overpower them to the point of breaking the game. So, it would be interested to see how they balance. I don't that. think... I don't it think won't, but yeah. in theory it could. I don't think it'll break yeah. the game at but all. But my, my, main, my main point was, though, that these designs are, like, Mega U2, fine, whatever. But these three just felt weird to me. It just um, doesn't seem right. It's honestly, like, like... I feel like someone, like took a photo of my family and mega evolved them or something like that's all like i hold these guys dear these are like that's my oh. that's my useless pokemon and it was the red and blue and the gold and silver set so it's weird to see them now change honestly like, like it's just, it's i'm weird.
1: okay with it if anything like i'm kind of glad they kind of changed them a little but i mean yeah. i kind of when i saw their designs it kind of scaled my thinking of what mega evolutions are because before i kept thinking like oh okay the evolutions are evolving but they're not they're just temporarily changing yeah they're, so, they're morphs so, if anything, it made more sense for them to look still like how they currently do. Like, I mean, they don't look mm-hmm. that much different. Mew- Mega Mewtwo looks... Like... Mega Mewtwo's probably the biggest he, he, he looks, Yeah,
0: he looks like he could be in Evolution. He looks like someone stuck a GameCube handle on I mean, on Mega
1: Kangaskhan doesn't change at all. He, the baby just comes out of the pocket. Yeah, That's and, it. like, uh, Mega Lucario just, like, gets some extra muscles. Yeah, like, same thing with Blaziken. Yeah. Like, they all just look slightly... See, those shamed. I'm okay with. I think it's just but these also, three,
0: because they're, the, yeah. they're, like, Oh no! But, but, also,
1: like, but, I mean, also, I mean, as far as nostalgic, value goes, like... Sure, we're the ones that, I guess, would care more about, like, oh, you're changing Blastoise or whatever. Oh, yeah. The like younger set And I mean, young, Yeah, younger kids, like, they don't care. Like, I, most of the kids I talk to, like, in the school I work at, like, they don't you really, really care about them at all. So it makes sense for them to be like, oh. Yeah, it just them, feels more, like,
0: it's so sacrilegious to me. I don't
1: know. <laughs> I mean, like, considering, like, the fact that I'm not, like, we've played these games for so long, most of the people that I know that play since Red and Blue aren't even going to play Red X and Y.
0: So, yeah. I mean... I'm actually pretty excited about X and Y, though, to be honest. Like, I the more we've learned about it, the more I'm starting to realize it's really just a reskin of what we've already played. But it seems like they're changing just... Like, they just 3 d a lot of what we've already played. Like, it's still the core idea. And they're, you know, little nips and tucks. Like, oh, now you have two starters. Or now there's these mega evolutions, which is just a power-up, it seems. In a, in a way. Yeah. But at the same time, like, the overhaul of the look of it, like, it might just be enough. That, plus all these tweaks to get me back in. Oh. Uh, no, I don't know. I was... It's It's... I'm pretty sure I'm getting it day one. The question is, how long will I play it for? Like, how long will yeah. I actually stay hooked? I know you're kind of not interested. No, yeah.
1: I've been losing interest the more I see about it. Yeah, I but, think I'm just... But that's regaining. because also... But, but I've, I've been playing Pokemon, like, a lot more recently than you have. Yeah, so. I haven't played in a couple of years. Yeah, so, like, it makes sense that, like... I mean, you've, you've probably had the the break that I've been wanting to have. Yeah. Because, I mean, I took a break after... Well, no, not even. Because, I mean, I played Diamond and Pearl till like, probably second year of college... Right, which would the, be, for for
0: record, folks, that's like four years
1: ago. Yeah, four years ago. But then at that point, I got tired of, um, like, I guess like making the perfect Pokemon like the right way because mm-hmm. I mean you have to like go through what I said you have to make like hundreds of eggs. You have to like EV train, and that takes like forever. So then I just started like, okay, I'm just gonna make, um, I'm just gonna play this Pokemon simulator from like Smogon, which is actually like pretty amazing if you just want to battle competitive. Oh, the game. online one. Yeah, so you yeah. just, like, input the stats of the Pokemon, and then you just battle online. Yeah. So I did that pretty much, the time I should have been playing black and white, I was just going straight to the battle, which was what I wanted, and then I, I don't know, I just got tired of it and bored. and just like burned all. out. Yeah, yeah, I got two Pokemon, and then I tried playing, like, black and white, legit, like, legitimately. Yeah, normally, as a normal person, would play it, yeah. And I couldn't even get past the third gym leader. I think I'm on the fourth gym, that I just thing. wanted, like, I just want to get to the battles and make the Pokemon, but then I don't want to go through all the EV training, so I'm just better off yeah. playing the simulator. Right, that's right. honestly all I would want—just like a game on the DS that's online that just lets you put the stats in and just battle. That way, you could just focus on strategy and building a perfect right. team instead of yeah. Training. It's fine because the training—the been... training now seems like a hurdle to me because I just want right. to get to the battle. It just seems like, a, right. like I already know what it takes to make a good Charizard. I just want to make it.
0: Yeah, it's fine because uh, Nintendo said at the end of the Pokemon direct. I ruined Pokemon for me pretty much. <laughs> that's sad. But <laughs> Nintendo said at the end of the Pokemon direct, right before they announced the final bit of news, which is uh limited edition. 3DS XLs in red and blue, both with Pokemon art on the front. Right before they announced that, that's just the last bit of news we were going to share about that, so I just threw it out there. Comes out September 27th, full price of the game, doesn't come with the game. That, I mean, full price of an XL, 200 bucks, but does not come with the game. Interesting little note there. But uh, before they announced all that, what they said that I thought was interesting is they said, this is truly the Pokemon for everyone. If you just want to befriend Pokemon, Pokemon and me. If you want to collect them all, there's 700 If you want to, you know, progress through a game normally, you can't, like, they were really trying to pitch as this is the game for everyone, but you raise an interesting, like, subset of players that it isn't for. Like, you raise a good point about that. It's for people who have played so many Pokemon and now just want to, like, get to the good part, so to speak.
1: They don't really yeah. give you an
0: option. There's no, like, fast track that they've announced or anything.
1: Yeah, because, I mean, if you're still okay with the whole Pokemon experience, like, you're going to get a lot out of it. Yeah. But, like, I'm already at that point where I just want to battle, and that's it. And I want to battle competitively, and you have to go through a lot. Yeah. And the sad thing is that, like, the Pokemon you start with, like, by the time you beat the game, it's like, oh, I can't even, this Pokemon is useless competitive, mm-hmm. like, competitively for mm-hmm. me because he battled many different types of Pokemon, so the IV, the EVs are all over
0: the place. Like, they should we, do a tournament edition. Pokemon Tournament Edition strictly battles. Yeah, like a Pokemon Tournament Trainer is what they could that's call why that,
1: it. That's why that simulator I thought was like so good. Like you could chat online, you could
0: battle people, you had the animations and everything. It honestly, was, it was like and perfect. it's super illegal. No, but honestly, oh, um, it's it, like the perfect it, Pokemon
1: yeah. game. Essentially, I
0: was gonna say honestly, if they just made an eShop title, it's like Pokemon Tournament Trainer, and they tie it into like the 2014 World Championships and make it like a companion app of sort, like a companion game for it. I could see that doing pretty well. They used to release like when they had you know the NES and game tournaments. I like Nintendo World tournament stuff yeah. They used to put out special games for people to train with I don't know why they don't do something like that for Pokemon
1: yeah. it's a
0: it's an interesting idea I mean it's charge cool. 15 bucks for it just yeah. take strip out Pokemon XY battles let players plug in their own stats like you want to do I could see it being relatively successful yeah a lot, a lot, I can see a lot of people getting it. yeah I, I
1: probably I'm already also at that point where I just it, it it takes up so much time I just want to play new games like I yeah I'd rather replace pokemon's it with, a big time commitment, I'd rather sure. replace it with animal crossing and monster hunter now yeah I like, go there my new Games you know, Monster
0: Hunter Four actually has an event happening the day this podcast goes up—a Nintendo Direct, which we'll cover next episode in two weeks. But, um, <laughs> but no, the rumor has it, sort of. Uh, Nintendo's alluded to announcing some sort of special Nintendo-related thing within Monster Hunter. My guess is Nintendo character armor. Oh, that's my guess. Who knows? I mean, we record this. Maybe book. the Master we're recording, sword recording would be this the night weapon. before the Nintendo Direct
1: hits. So I can see Who some knows? weapons like the Master Sword.
0: Yeah, that'd be, cool. a sword. that'd be cool. That'd be cool. But anyway, that's it for confirmed... So that's pretty much it for the Pokemon Direct. Uh, like I said, they're releasing the Special Edition bundles on the 27th of September. Because, you know, clearly between the 2DS, the new Wii U, and now these bundles, there's clearly not enough hardware coming out from Nintendo in the next 30 days. They need to really step it up. Four pieces of... Five pieces of hardware in 30 days is nowhere near enough. But, um... And I'm guessing they're doing it before the launch of the games because they don't want to cannibalize their own 2DS sales. So the fans that want a 3DS XL can go buy it, but they won't confuse parents to go pick up Pokemon and the new system to play it on on launch day. Yeah, But anyway, that's it for confirmed games that we know are actually coming out. And that's it for confirmed news of things we know are 100% happening on Intel platforms. But there are two Kickstarter projects worth mentioning that... Uh, well, actually, it's not quite it for confirmed games. There's one sub-note of a Kickstarter project. But anyway, first up, there are two Kickstarter pro- projects that are really cool, worth mentioning. And first up is a new Shantae game. And it has yet to be fully backed. We usually shy away from talking about games until they're actually confirmed to be, you know, funded and coming out. But considering your fandom, Jose, I know you enjoy the Shantae games. Probably worth mentioning, right? I mean, they are really good games. They are, they're you know, really they long. grew up. They grew into their, every single one of them. Yeah, and they grew into their own on-Nintendo platform, so it makes sense that we talk about it. So uh, WayForward, who has produced a ton of great games, actually, for 3DS and Wii U. And DS. And DS. Like, on the, a lot of good downloadable games, specifically. My Switch Force, Mighty Everything, Mighty Champs. Yeah, all yeah. the Mighties. And Shantae, and yeah. some other stuff. Uh, they Contra. are... Contra. Yeah, Contra 4 on DS, which is a fun fact about Contra 4. I don't, think way. I don't think I've ever mentioned this about Contra 4 on the show, but I actually got to play a pre-release build of that, where it's like, every item, like, every level was just like a menu item, and you just gotta go through the game that way. It is very fun. I played the whole game before it was released. It's very cool. But anyway, um, so this new one is a new Shantae for HD consoles, including Wii U. It's confirmed that if they get funded, it'll come to Wii U. And it's called Shantae the Half... Wait. Half-Genie Hero. Thank you. I almost said the Half-Blood Prince. (laughs) It's got some Harry Potter in my Shantae. But yeah, Shantae Half-Genie Hero. And it's going to be hand-drawn as usual. But the thing that's different with this one is obviously it's in HD, so there's no sprite work. I I, said I wonder that, where it takes place in the timeline, though. I'm not quite sure, but it's interesting. At, at first, I couldn't even tell if it was a remake or... Like, no, it's a new yeah. game. What happens is Shantae uh, is in this dream world, and there's a threat there, and then comes back to real, real world and fights the threat and goes back and forth between these two oh, so worlds. Oh, it could take place anytime. <laughs> yeah, it, it goes back. It's like self-contained. It goes back and forth between two worlds. The game could be split. This is the biggest change is um, they're splitting the game into chapters. So, it's going to be there's going to be like an intro stage, and you have three set chapters, and then a concluding, presumably, boss fight. Mm. And how it's going to work is that if they reach their goal and then start hitting stretch goals on Kickstarter, they'll add new chapters into that middle chunk. So, they have like a rough story that they can flesh out if they get the funding to do so. Which is kind of a smart approach, actually, because a lot of Kickstarters are like, well, we're going to just keep tacking things on to the end. But the the way forward is saying, no, 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 we have a beginning and an end and a middle, but we have room in the middle to grow. That's probably the better approach for Kickstarter, I'd say. So, um, The game's also going to have all, you know, the usual gameplay you expect. Like, it's going to be in HD, and it looks really great. They had a trailer already, so clearly they've already started some level of development. Because, like, all they their whole video, you know how most Kickstarter videos are a guy talking about why you should back it, and his dreams and aspirations, and how he hopes to one day, you know, With your help, we can build the dream project that I, and you, without realizing it, have always wanted. Like, you know what I mean? Like, they're yeah, always man. those pitch videos with the, like, soft music and everything. These, <laughs> Wave for is it, just like, here's some gameplay. It's just, like, two minutes of straight gameplay. So, clearly, it's already in development. They just need the funding to push it the rest of the way. Because they, I mean, they make a lot of licensed games, and they get money to do that, and they get money on the and side. And DuckTales, so. Yeah, like, they make money off DuckTales, you know, but that's, Capcom's funding most of that. And what they pay Wade Forward they probably spend on their handheld games, which are much cheaper to make. But to make a full-fledged HD game without funding from an outside publisher, that's why Kickstarter is coming in. But,
1: um, I mean, they have a lot of projects working on right now. They I mean, do. They, I mean, they have the Mighty Flip, Mighty Switch Force
0: 2 for Wii U. And yeah, they have... and they have Shantae for 3DS, which yeah. we'll get to in a second. Actually, and have this. yeah, they they are they're actually pretty busy. They're always having like four or five, and they have um the new Adventure Time game Oh, yeah. on 3DS and Wii U. So yeah, they're busy. But the thing I want to mention about this is. It does, yeah. It looks different, but plays pretty much the same. She has all her same moves, her hair whipping, her belly dancing transformations, all that's back. It's just in HD, basically, and it's a new, you know, new level. Design. Yeah. But it's about halfway. At the time of this recording is about halfway to its goal of, I believe, four hundred thousand. Is that like one eighty thousand or so? So, if you want back it, we have a link on the blog post for this episode. Once again, this episode is let's get ready to rumble. Just go to RamTown.com and you can find a link there, or you can always just Google. Shantae Kickstarter will be like the first result. Yeah, I think it's gonna be the first game I ever back. I'm going to, yeah, that's
1: why I was about to ask you. I'm gonna to go to the. I think I'm gonna do the pledge that gives me the physical, the physical soundtrack.
0: Right, that'd be cool. Definitely not the physical box. That's way too much. Yeah, yeah. you are you gonna do it with a physical box with no game inside it? That's okay. the best part about the physical box is this is literally just a cardboard box, and you're like, cool. I have a box. But the soundtrack nothing. would be cool. The soundtrack would, would be super cool.
1: But and I love the soundtrack uh, of the old game So why not?
0: Yeah. Yeah, you have all the Shante soundtracks, right? Mm-hmm. All three or two. Yeah, all two. I never. Third third one's coming. There was a Game Boy Advance game that apparently I didn't know about. Shantae Advance it never got released. Oh, Shantae Advance evolved into what was on DSiWare. Oh, so then I guess after it all. Yeah, no, you're good. Shantae Advance was announced shortly after Shantae. Just never saw a light of day. A lot of um, Risky's Revenge, Mm -hmm. the one on three on the DSiWare. A lot of that was Shantae Advance. Like it kind of evolved into it. But in addition to that, as you mentioned, there is Shantae coming out on 3ds. And that one is still progressing pretty nicely. It's, once again, uh, for those who may not know, it's Shantae and the Pirate's Curse. Yep. By the way... Direct sequel to
1: the other one. Yeah, direct, direct sequel to like Risky's like, Revenge.
0: Yeah. Interesting tidbit. Um, if I remember correctly... Oh, no, never mind. Why is it Shantae and the Pirate's Curse, but Shante, Half-Genie Hero, and Shantae, Risky's Revenge? Why does, why does this one get an and?
1: Because it involves the Pirate's Curse. Couldn't it be Shante Pirate's Curse? No, I guess that doesn't
0: sound as good. No, it's the Shantae and the Periskers. Well, I know what it is. Yeah. I'm saying why they changed their naming scheme for one game. Anyway, that's I irrelevant. Uh, well, just I, goes, well,
1: I don't know, I mean, the first Shantae, I mean, you fight Risky. And the second one, she's getting No, revenge. no, no,
0: I understand the names. I'm saying why is there an... an- Every single... Like, when a company names a game... Probably then a colon and then... The yeah, and versus an and the. Oh. It's just odd. I like, they know. switch. It's like all the Lord of the Rings are name, colon, subtitle. Don't let it bother you. <laughs> it's bothering me tremendously. Yeah. The, but no, the it's not going to stop me from talking about it, though. Don't worry. Um, I was just going to say that Destructor, got to go hands-on with it at PAX, and we got some new information. It's the biggest Shantae game yet. It's going to be five different, uh, I guess, dungeons, you could call them. Five different areas, areas to play. They're speeding up the yeah, time. It's a
1: very metroidvania kind of game. Yeah, Shantae's all I just, the just more emphasis on platforming. Than- yeah. Yeah. Actual and they yeah and
0: like in this one for those who haven't been following it too closely, Shantae is now joining forces with Risky, who was her nemesis in the past two games, and they're working together to stop a bigger threat. Yep. And uh, because of that, you actually get pirate abilities now. So Shantae's gonna get new moves that are piratey, and over the course of the game, she'll start acting more and more like a pirate. So it's just kind of it's an interesting new direction for it because yeah. it's traditionally been very like belly dancing and hair whipping and like Middle Eastern. Well, yeah, because
1: I mean she can't transform anymore. She's yeah, no longer genius. yeah. The
0: the pirate the uh, the pirate stuff is kind of filling in the void, at least in terms of theming yeah. of the game. Because if
1: you played the second game, you could pretty much guess what happened because because she, now, she, yeah. now she doesn't have powers. So. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, but yeah, so she's getting them back apparently at the end. So
0: yeah, well, she's doing it to get her powers back. I guess right. Although I guess she doesn't quite have. Uh, yeah, she has them back in the Kickstarter one. Yeah, so I she'll mean, have them back. Assuming that takes place after both. Yeah, who knows when that yeah. takes place. But uh, yeah, so that's kind of 3ds. That's supposed to be out before the end of the year. While Half Genie Hero won't be out until they get funded, and then they'll announce a date. Yeah. So, but the funding ends, I think, in like 27 days from the time it's so recording. Yeah, it'll be fine. They'll be fine. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know if they're gonna hit all their stretch goals, unfortunately, because they have a lot of them. Yeah. But I mean, it's not. They, no, no
1: one ever has to hit all the stretch goals. No, like, no if but they, so
0: But I hope they at least hit the extra chapters, because if they have ideas for. But the they're only hit story, one. Oh no, they haven't. They haven't hit anything yeah, yet. Yeah, they, they have, have, to, yeah, they have to finish. Yeah. No, it was the other one that we were talking about that already hit yeah. the stretch goal. Oh, the other one's doing super well, and that's actually a good transition to the other one. You may be having Shantae as your first game that you're backing on Kickstarter, but my first Kickstarter thing I'm ever going to back is I need it back to really soon before it actually hits its goal. Mighty number no. 9, the excellent-looking, if I do say so, um, Mega Man-style game that was that hit Kickstarter over PAX weekend, playing Arcade Expo announced it a week ago, and now it's all right, it hit its goal... It surpassed its $900,000 goal, goal and hit over a million in under 48 hours, which is nuts. And the reason it did is because of what it is. It's, um, it's essentially the new Mega Man. Yeah. It's from the creator Mega Man. Uh, I love the pitch PG video they and, made. Innofile.
1: Yeah, Innofile. I love May. the pitch video they made. It's like, like, oh man, I'm so mad. Bummed out because they canceled my last three games. Well, you know yeah. what? I'm just going to make my own company. With, with my
0: own games. And... With my friends. <laughs> and we're, we're just going to... You know what? We don't need you. We're going to go take it over here and make our own. We're, we're going to have a better company and a better game. And honestly, it looks great. Uh, but yeah, so Inafune? In in yeah, Inafune. Yeah, Inafune uh, basically is making the Mega Man game that Capcom refuses to make. But of course, it doesn't have the name to Mega Man, but it is a Mega Man game. This is Mega Man 11. Like, I don't care if Capcom comes yeah. out with a real Mega Man 11. The fact that he has... That he's doing this, this is Mega Man. Yeah, it's the first
1: proper sequel. I mean, the last two games were just. Yeah. I don't know what to call them. There were still sequels. Yeah, He was involved in those, I believe. Well, yeah, I mean, there were still sequels, but there were still like. They were throwbacks.
0: Yeah, there were nods to like, oh, I mean, this is another, like. This is a new Mega Man. This is like, this is almost like the jump from Mega Man to Mega Man X.
1: Mega Man, no, it's be, like from Mega Man 9 to this. Because, I mean, Mega Man. No, no, not Mega Man. Mega Man 7. Yes. that was on Super Nintendo. That actually had like improved visuals and blah, blah, blah. I and mean, it went back of, yeah. to 8-bit, and now it's going back
0: to, Yeah, I don't know. Well, I meant in terms of, like, gameplay, I meant in terms of like gameplay changes more so oh. than... Like, Mega Man X was a little different than Mega Man. This is a little different than Mega Man yeah. X. Yeah, it's yeah kind but of like
1: Mega Man X, X and age. the Mega Man series went on at the same time, though. Oh, that's true.
0: Yeah. Well, this will, too. Mega completely... Man will
1: keep going one day if Capcom ever brings it back. One of my favorite, like, complaints from people I hear is, like, oh, when they're looking for the games, like, they were Mega Man 9, they're like, oh, Mega Man 10, like, how did they go from Mega Man 3 all the way to Mega Man X? Yeah. But they didn't think...
0: They, didn't so realize the they woman, were separate, yeah. yeah. But so the thing with with my, my number nine is just for those who haven't heard about it, um, it's a pretty straightforward idea. It's basically the run and gun shooting platforming gameplay of Mega Man. Difference being, uh, you're gonna have a dif- difference being it's in HD, and it's starring this new guy, this new guy named Beck, who has a who has a buddy named Call. Beck and Call. Oh. It's like uh, Mega Man and his. Roll and yeah, Mega Man and roll, but this one works better because he was
1: Rock Man, so rock and roll.
0: Oh my god, I didn't even think of that! Yeah, rock and roll, back and call. Man, that uh, they know their puns, they're good with their English puns. Anyway, so there's gonna be eight. Originally, there are gonna be six, it already passed this, the the necessary stretch goal. Now, there's eight stages included. How it works is tell me if you've heard this one before you play through the stage, you beat the boss, you get the boss's power, you go to another stage, rinse and repeat seven more times. Sound a little familiar?
1: Yeah, um... yeah it's
0: Mega Man. <laughs> um so so far they have those two extra stages and that's literally like the big that's how it is that's what it's It's straight up Mega Man. so there's they've already passed a couple stretch goals they have they now will have a new game plus mode which will be harder in a turbo mode they gonna have a making of documentary they're closing in on a uh, console version which will include wii u and that's now i i tweet i'm gonna back it when they approach wii u they're getting that point so i better go back it's in um...
1: it's gonna be your funding
0: that's gonna be... It's gonna going be my eat. $20 or whatever that's gonna push it. Yeah. That's what I wanna do. I wanna be the guy that gets it to you. But no. I feel like I won't time it right, and I just won't be able to contribute at all. You'll
1: be one of those people, though. You'll be, like, within the 10. And you can still have it. All. Or I'll
0: just back it <laughs> I'll or push it. I'm, I push it. Yeah, I'll be like, I'm responsible for the... Week. Me, personally, my $20 made the yep, difference. That'll be your tweet of the day. Yeah, right. Uh, it actually, it will, probably. <laughs> but in addition to the, um... You know, the core Mega Man gameplay, they are doing... Even the plot, not all that different. So like, in the other one, it's like, oh, Mega Man has to fight the... You know, all the various mans. This one, it's like, oh, Mega Man has to go fight all these other robot people. So... Or not Mega Man. Beck. So Beck is my, is number nine of nine robots that were built. Makes sense. Mighty number nine. And he has to go fight the other previous eight who have been infected with the virus. So oh. that's where the run-and-gun gameplay comes in. That's where all that happens. But in addition to that, they're adding a new twist in it. And that Beck, unlike Mega Man, can transform... So, they didn't give any concrete this is what we're going to do, but they gave examples of potential gameplay ideas, like, maybe one of the powers he gets transforms him into a tank and he can roll over spikes. Or maybe um, he has magnets for hands, he can walk up walls, like a grapple, grappling sword deal. so Or a rock climbing sword deal. So, they're giving him a little more free for him, I guess. Like, they can play with level design a little more than just left, right, up, down. They can have him go, like, on ceilings and all sorts of other stuff, so. Yep. It could be cool. But, uh, in addition to Inafune being involved in the project. There's also a couple other Mega, Mega Man notar, notable people, including the uh, character designer of Mega Man Legends. The composer of the original Mega Man soundtrack is doing the music. And by the way, the theme song they have in the Kickstarter video sounds, is very catchy. I was humming it like the rest of the day when I watched that video. And they have uh, the level designer of the first Mega Man and the character designer of Street Fighter 3 Alpha. So a bunch of Capcom people jump ship to help make this. So it really is going to feel like Mega Man in every possible way. And they also have eight uh, four, I think it's called eight four play. They have like uh, well, the like major sites that help. Yes, <laughs> that's what right, I thought. They have a company that does this sort of stuff, like helps with translation of games and helps get games like you know more Japanese oriented games to the states and whatnot. There, and as a podcast among other things, they are helping with the process as well. So it will be like done right. Like it's not gonna be like a weird. Oh, this company's in Japan. They're a small company that have a weird, janky English version. No, they have like pros doing it. So, so yeah, it's um, the plan's to release it next spring, and hopefully, Wii U goal is hit. Uh, there might also even be a handheld version. They're not conferring it yet, but Renegade Kid, makers of Mutant Muds and the upcoming Treasure Knots, they're having a, they had a back and forth Twitter conversation where they basically offered, "We'll make the handheld version for you guys if you guys want to add the goal, we'll do it." So, I hope that pans out because I mean, the Mutant Mud guys seems certainly capable of pulling this one off, and it. This game seems like a great fit for a 3DS. Yeah. I still think I'd get the Wii U one for the HD graphics, yeah. but... And the Miiverse integration, which I assume will be there. But... I don't know. The more systems it's on, the better. Like, it yeah, seems you like really a have cool no project.
1: way to play. I mean,
0: you have no way not to play, so. Exactly. But, uh, we have a link. If you're interested in backing it, we have a link, once again, like we do with Shantae, in our blog post, episode 52. Let's get ready rumble. Yeah, what a time we're
1: in where... I know, I love do. this
0: how everyone's just making indie game like if they want to make a game they just make a game.
1: If only um shadows of the eternal forest.
0: Yeah, that successful. didn't that didn't pass. They but they're part, still like, they're gonna times? try again. Yeah, they tried a couple. Well, they pulled it down early a few times for various issues. But yeah, they've been having some issues. Mm. <laughs> it might they might do something else. They might figure it out another way. But yeah, so that's pretty much and once again, um, what was I gonna say? Yeah, it is just great Kickstarter. Really quick thought. I mean, there's been a rise of indie gamers due in part to, you know, just the companies opening up, Nintendo, Sony, Microsoft even now is opening up a little. So indie, game, indie com- companies are able to get their games on major platforms, but Kickstarter is really what I feel jump-started the industry a bit. Like, they used to have to secure funding their own ways, now, bam, anyone can make a game if it, you know, if they can impress enough people about it. Yeah. It, like, it could, it's a very cool time to be in games. Because you have the big blockbusters and you have all these great indie projects. The downside, of course, is that many of these projects probably will never see light of day. So you see all sorts of cool ideas that just never happened, and you have to commit your money like a year in advance. And who knows? The project could then not come out, and then they return your money. So it's not even a guarantee if it passes, like if it gets enough backing. My my number nine and Shantae arcs are from very established developers, but like those indie projects that are like one guy in his garage. I've heard of some being canceled already. So. Yeah. But yeah, so that's pretty much it for news. Of course, we do have game impressions. So um, the two big ones are naturally the episode the episode uh, title, I guess is the word I was looking for. So we have Pokemon Rumble U, and then we have SteamWorld Dig. We're, uh, I'll let, if, I guess you can kick off with Pokemon Rumble U, since that's the big, the big one at play, and then I'll talk about SteamWorld Dig. And actually, an interesting little story when I get to SteamWorld Dig about that game's rise to fame, because it was not a traditional one. It was, oh. they, they had some, it was interesting. It's very grassroots. But yeah, go ahead, uh, Pokemon Rumble.
1: So I may be tired with the core Pokemon formula, but that by no means means that that makes sense, yeah. By, by no, no means, no, means. Yeah. yeah, by no means am I tired of like Pokemon in general. I still love Pokemon that will play like any good Pokemon spin off game and Rumble. Rumble's ah, I, I really like it. I it's one of those I never thought I would, but I, I love it. It has <laughs> It's not like you're
0: tearing up. But I, I just love it so <laughs>
1: it's just amazing. Well, <laughs> it's like a child to me. So, I mean, Pokemon Rumble U, like any other Pokemon Rumble games, if you play them, it's really simple. It's a really simple game. You're really just, um, without trying to make it sound like a really boring and repetitive. Good luck. It, okay. it, it is repetitive. Like, all you're really doing is just pressing A or B over and over again. Like, you're fighting uh, waves of Pokemon after waves of Pokemon. Mm-hmm. But um, I guess what I always, like, really liked about this series is, like, I guess how much they actually pull from the, po- from the core Pokemon games and put them in there. Like in this case, um, the toy figurines, the NFC chips. This obviously wasn't in the core games, but um, mm-hmm. they let you customize them to the point where you could pick any move. Like you could change their moves. You could give um, um I don't know, thunderbolt on the A button and I don't know some other button on the, and some other attack on the B button. And I thought they would limit to you, like okay, you only can only bleh, you can only pick between five or six moves. But they actually let you pick between every move that they could possibly learn, like from the old Pokemon games or from any really? core Pokemon game. Like, I don't know, I was, that kind of blew my mind. That's kind of impressive. That, that right? they let you pick any move, so I'm like, oh, okay, I have my Lucario, I'm just going to give it the, the move combinations I use in-game that's actually really good, so I'll give them like Calm Mind and Close Combat, so now I have a way to increase his attack stat and have them like, destroy everything. Or huh. I'll have a, my Rotom and I'll give them Thunderbolt and Shadow Ball because that's just really good moves that complement each other. So I don't know, I'm like, just the amount, and then you could also um like power them up, obviously using the in. Every time you complete a little mission or a battle, you get money, and using that money, you could make the attack stat of your Pokemon increase. And the NFC ones you can only customize the NFC ones, which I'm okay with. Right, that's uh, and, 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 and I'll explain why. Like I'm okay with that, but um. So you can like make them more powerful, and you can also give them a an ability. So like, oh, any Pokemon partner that's near you will get their speed increased or like certain effects like that Uh so there's a so they go pretty in depth a lot more in depth than i would have thought for a game at this price point but how much is it 15 14 yeah 15 yeah it's 15 but um but you don't need the nfc twist to beat the game you could beat it with just the pokemon they provide you with and they give you a ton of pokemon every time you finish a mission you get like maybe 10 new pokemon Hmm. and that becomes a problem with the ui like when you start a mission that if you pick the Pokemon, but I guess there's no real solution for this. Like you literally could have, it seems like an unlimited amount of Pokemon at your disposal. So when you're, uh, I want to pick Bulbasaur and like, okay, now I have to find Bulbasaur in this ocean of like 300 action figures. And like, it kind and it doesn't really zoom in. It zooms in if you pick the Pokemon close in the front of the row. Right. But if you want to find a Pokemon that's in the back, Pretty much, it has to have every figure on screen at all times. Mm-hmm. So if you're going to find a Pokemon way in the back, they're just going to look like a little blip. And the only reason you know it's who it is is because on top of them, they put a giant bubble that says who it is.
0: How's that bubble work,
1: though? Like, if there's
0: 300 Pokemon, are there well, bubbles above each of them? Or only no, the no, no. Yeah, only where the cursor is. Oh, okay.
1: So, yeah. and they're not even enough. They're... They're placed by strength, so the stronger Pokemon are towards the front, and the weaker ones are towards the end. Which so that makes sense, because like, yeah. okay, I'm obviously gonna pick stronger ones to fight with. But if yeah. let's say you wanna, you're gonna do a battle against primarily grass types, and you want a good fire type, maybe one of your stronger ones isn't a fire type, and now you have to look for that fire type amongst all of them. So you're gonna be scrolling through, and then if you're playing with four people, that's why they have every Pokemon always on screen at once, because, like, what if one person wants to pick a Pokemon towards the front, right. someone wants towards the back. That makes sense. So, I mean, it ma- it looks kind of unorganized, but it makes sense. I mean...
0: Makes it look like you have a cool collection of I mean, Pokemon, if you, Pokemon toys. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, if
1: you just want to use, like, I don't know, like a Bidoof, just to use a Bidoof, a Bidoof,
0: or whatever. Um, I would always use him.
1: Exactly. Like, He's, like, would, my favorite Pokemon. It would take a long time to find one, because they're not in alphabetical order or sorted by type. You're just going to uh, have to... And if you bad. don't know what they're... And if you don't know how strong it is... I mean, right. you could have a, a Beedoo that's stronger than a Mewtwo,
0: or vice versa, but so he could be literally anywhere. By the way, you don't mean you can, you mean you should have a Beedoo uh, that's stronger <laughs> than Mewtwo, because he should be the ultimate Pokemon.
1: So that's kind of the core structure. Your goal sto- it just has story mode, NFC mode, which is where you customize your figures, and... I mean menu? I think that's what it was. <laughs> <laughs> the options include story,
0: custom, and back to the menu. But, um, so the story mode... Just gives you a little narrative. I was, I, I, what is the narrative? Isn't it like the Pokemon get lost from their toy box? Like they're like somehow next to a river and they have to travel all the way back home. Pretty much. So it's, it's Toy Story.
1: Yeah, I think it's kind of funny. Just that like you're not supposed to take it seriously. So it's just like oh, and then you have you go you're gonna travel through the playground and like oh, there's this Celebi that's really emo, so you have to go cheer it up. But like the way they're drawn, they're still they're, what? Two, <laughs> they're Wait, what? They're two D. There's an emo Celebi that
0: you have to. They're two D okay.
1: drawing. so like they look like. Babies, like when they show, like when uh, the area after that is like a train station or something, mm-hmm. and you have to fight like a, a Rayquaza, and it just looks hilarious. It looks like, yeah, it just looks like a baby Rayquaza, like it has <laughs> like a giant head and a it's tiny like super bottom. chibi, yeah. Basically, yeah, they're all super chibi. Well, they thing.
0: match the toy design, right? Because the toy, well, no, no, the, well, the
1: drawings themselves don't just because oh, they're just the, sketched out, kind right. of pie the, poly, the polygon, yeah, but the in game models match the toys, and um. Usually you are just kind of like, I'll just say defeat every Pokemon and you're just doing just that. But other times I'll say like, oh, defend the fortress or uh-huh. um, defeat these certain types of things in a certain way. Or like, they give you objectives that like don't destroy the the, the space shuttles and stuff. So The it, space
0: shuttle? Did they yeah. go on NASA? <laughs> yeah, the, the, Does NASA collect Pokemon toys? Well, no, but... Um, I wish they did. They probably do have some under. I wish under they sent Pokemon to space. That'd be a good first contact with aliens. Here's a peek at you guys. Never Wait, what you are saying? Sorry. I just, oh yeah, that, and
1: that space shuttle thing threw me off. <laughs> so besides having all these objectives, like after you beat the mission there, they have sub-objectives like, oh, beat this mission using Pokemon under this ability. With, I mean, with an attack stat lower than this, right, right. or beat them using three grass types, or you make sure you use a certain type of attack, or without taking this much damage, or blah, blah, blah. So, I don't know, they... It can get challenging pretty fast, and that's what I really so like there about is it. So there's some it's, depth.
0: Oh, yeah. Like, it's simple, but it has a lot of depth to it, too. Right, so. yeah, because the core, the core gameplay, isn't it just, like, once you pick your attacks and assign them the buttons, the actual act of defending, the actual act of fighting, the actual act of all that is just running around smashing buttons. To yeah. some extent, right? So
1: the strategy beforehand, during yeah. it, I mean, you could kind of win using the same strategy. But also, I mean, there's all the obvious, okay, you don't want to, like, you don't want to go head first into, like, 20 Pokemon if you're by yourself because then you're going to get swarmed and get killed pretty easily. Right. But you could have, like, a teammate and give him, like, I don't know, a thunder wave so he could paralyze the Pokemon so you could then go and attack or you could have, like, I don't know, someone else, like, I don't know, just let them power themselves up for a while while you go and clear the room for them. But there's always four people there at once. So it's, like, a definitely a party game. Right, right. And whether there's...
0: Yeah, so they're AI if they're not human. Yeah. So... How ones long ones. is the game? I mean, because they can have endless amounts of these little missions, right? There's,
1: it's a pretty long game. There's um, four worlds, and each world has like six... Space shuttle
0: makes sense. You're going from world to world. I oh, know, it's not real. Oh. It is. And, the,
1: and each world has like maybe like four to six areas in them. They vary. and How each mean? And each area has like four battlegrounds in them. Around four, so that actually sounds like a lot. <laughs> so there's a lot of battles to go through. I guess it's one of those world. things that, like, if you're not
0: customizing the Pokemon and you're not figuring out the best move sets and whatnot, it probably gets really repetitive. But if you go, if you dive in like you, yeah, did, like it's if, really if, fun. if you
1: get the toys, like you definitely get a lot more. Out of it. it becomes a lot fun and it becomes more personal because like you pick the moves for the Pokemon, you're right. leveling them up, and then when you remove them, like it's your Pokemon. Like you could. Even if it's not on the game, it's like, oh, this po- this little toy right here has all
0: these stats. Yeah, the toys are actually super cool. We, I, you, you brought me one here, and <laughs> I'm now going to describe what a toy looks like over I know, I
1: only wanted to get Sound. one, and now I have 11 of them.
0: Yeah, they're really <laughs> cool, like, they're really well, but they're, like, the, like nice plastic, and they're very polygonal and sharp, like, they have a very unique style, and on the bottom of it there's the NFC logo, which then matches on the gamepad, so you know where I put it, like, it, it's. They did a nice job with the toys. Like, I could see how anyone that's like... Because I originally said, I'm going to buy one. But now that I have this one, I'm kind of like, I kind of want two. Like, I don't even want the game, but they're just really cool little figurines. I know, even
1: the Pokemon, I don't care about, like, Litwick or whatever. Like, I mean, his toy just looks really cool. But then when you get, like, I don't know, like, I have, like, an Eevee and a Mewtwo and a bunch of other ones, and they just, I don't know, they look really cool.
0: Yeah, it seems like the toys are almost like a... It seems like Pokemon Rumble itself is almost a Trojan course of search for the toys not the other way around like it's also yeah. like if you download pokemon rumble you get kind of at least from what you're saying to me correct me if I'm wrong It's kind of more of a shallow experience unless you go buy the toys then it gets I mean, super awesome
1: what I like about I guess not using the toys too is um that the game is also a little more difficult it oh, also that makes it a nice. little harder. I mean, if you have the toys, I mean, if you don't power them up, I guess they'll still be pretty difficult. But if you yeah. power them up too much, then you're just going to be, like, destroying everything. Right. But in terms of, like, customizing.
0: Oh, no, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. You, yeah. you, you don't get you the customizing,
1: but you still get the challenge, and you still have to... Yeah. I guess you have to strategize other ways. You have to make sure your teammates have the right attacks and the right. right things. So, I don't know. It's it's fun. I would actually recommend this to people that just want a game that could just just kind of play mindlessly. Just yeah, How does the,
0: how's the NFC in terms of, like, reliability? Is it, like, I know... <laughs> There's videos online of people scanning the toys through the plastic pokeball they come in. Oh, yeah. Like,
1: yeah, is yeah.
0: it is it real easy to scan or do you have to, like, line them up just right? Or? You have to
1: line it up just right. You, you have to, like, kind of rotate. Th- you pretty much have to make sure the base is. Like parallel to the NFC, thing. right? So like when you when so you, so when I have the ball, like I have to kind of rotate it a lot of times and then kind of shake it and then, like oh okay they not went out of it. the ball though. Well like, without like, the ball, I mean you just put it on there and just read the. How right long way. does it take to read though?
0: Like do you actually actually put the gamepad down, and put the figurine on, or no, can you you just like just press t- it against it? No, yeah, you hold yeah, you hold it. Yeah, you can just tap it. Oh, it's just it, like it, a quick it, tap. It, yeah, it's in, instant. So then when you want to save the stats back to the toys, or it can export, or does it just like oh yeah yeah? How does that work?
1: Basically you scan the toy in and then once it's in the game um you don't have to actually it's kind of strange but i see why they did this basically when you go into nfc mode you scan your toy and that's where you could upgrade your pokemon and right tinker with them so you just scan it you could put the toy to the side you could upgrade the stats but then after that it says um do you want to give your pokemon your tune-up so then you put your toy back there and it says okay leave the toy there while your Pokemon's getting a tune-up and then on the screen you see the pokemon getting like powered up and then it says okay you may not remove your toy that makes sense so then you remove it and then when you go back into story mode you have to scan your toy again and I guess they do that so that your figure isn't saved in the game because then it defeats the purpose of having the toy.
0: Yeah, I was going to say, not only that, but... So pretty I, much, you
1: have to scan them every time you play. I mean, well, the
0: only alternative, once you're in story
1: mode, you don't have to scan them until you're done playing story mode. Like, once you exit out. But once you, yeah. like, but if you exit out and go
0: back, then you have to scan it again. I get what I did. I mean, the only alternative is to leave the toy on the gamepad at all times, which means you have to play hunched over your gamepad on a table.
1: Well, I mean, you can still hold it up, but I mean... But the toy, really... what You tape the toy yeah, to it. it? Like, it. <laughs> <tape> it. <laughs> no yeah. one's going to do that.
0: Like, I understand why they did it, but it's... No. Yeah, I mean, the, and the tune-up, by the way, is just a masked way of saying we're transferring your data, obviously. Yeah. It's cool. But, yeah, yeah I don't no, it seems that. cool. So it's 15 bucks, and what, you'd say it's worth it? I would say it's worth it. And I it's mean, only I worth mean, it if, mean, you're mean, or, like, if you're willing to invest the toys, or if you're going to jump into that like, toy ecosystem, or... Oh, I mean, if, if you want, I guess if you... Uh... With someone that doesn't want the toys and doesn't want to be suckered into paying 4 bucks a pop, even though they're totally worth the 4 bucks, they look really cool... But if someone didn't want to do that, would the I would game say it's worth
1: it. I would say get it only if you're gonna do get the toys. Because I mean, even though I could still, I could still see myself enjoying it without the toys. I would rather play Pokemon Rumble on the Wii or the other ones because those have experiences that are still deep even without toys because they have different right. hooks. They each have a different thing. That makes sense. So yeah, I would. So
0: basically, if you want the Wii U version, you're getting it to use that NFC ability. Yeah, like that's
1: the hook. And obviously, like. If you happen to have a Wii, just um, play the demo of the first Rumble to see if you're even into that kind of right. gameplay style because it might not be for anyone. Yeah, it's really like action, like rapid-fire brawling, like yeah, so mass brawling. Yeah, so it's <laughs> fun and chaotic. I mean, you could lose like your Pokemon's location pretty easily, but yeah. it, it's just really fun. I don't mind it. Does it
0: really? It doesn't really use the HD graphics too much, does it? Like It's still pretty fundamental. No. Like the geometry not, of it yeah, is still really yeah, simple, It's right? really
1: simple, but I mean, it looks cool. It has really nice lighting, so everything looks very really plasticky and really <laughs> right. glossy, so... That, has that see that's
0: cool and that's something that disney infinity and skylanders are, isn't doing is that nintendo's not hiding the fact that these are toys like they're almost making the toy like it works out nicely that they pick a the game with toys as a theme to make toys for yeah. but it almost like they complement each other like it makes sense yeah. it's, a, it's a cool idea
1: i mean disney infinity like that's
0: kind of plastic sheen yeah right? i mean they were still like whoa my war yeah, i mean i right.
1: mean they <laughs> changed the designs of the characters
0: so they could all coexist in the same universe without yeah. looking too weird not understand. right but even then and yeah they all had kind of that like Certain look to them, but even then, they were still Yeah. moving like you put a person in your game, or like Skylanders, you actually put a creature in the game. But this one, it's like, here's your toy, here's the digital version.
1: No, yeah, they'll probably move around. Like they move like you're literally playing with a toy. Like the yeah. like none of the legs move, so they're just like jumping up and down. They're, they're like right. little toys, like yeah, that's they're wind up to toys. Yeah, yeah, so it's, it's so that's it's clever. Nice. That's clever. It,
0: it never breaks the illusion. It's just fun, fun, yeah. chaotic. It'll be interesting. It'll be interesting to see if they release a second set of toys.
1: Honestly, like one thing I, when not when I was playing this. I was like, oh, man, if you could use two game pads and just create, like, kind of going back to core Pokemon, like, you could have your own team in toys, power them up in your game, and then if you go to someone's house and you want to battle them, like, you put your Pokemon that you're fighting, and then they put their Pokemon that they're fighting with, and then if you want to switch out, you take out the toy and put another right. toy. Very be cool. Because, I mean, the battle system that they have there could, I could see working for, like, a little, like, Pokemon battling, just run around yeah. and have your four moves, I mean. Yeah. Same strategy, but who knows, I mean. The possibilities are there. I'd like to see what Nintendo comes up
0: with next and this is yeah. a valiant first effort, I would say. I'm really yeah, I'm really curious to see what they do with N F C go.
1: I feel a lot of reviews were too harsh just because they were kinda well,
0: like from my, what I got out of those reviews is that a lot of people didn't really do much with the toys. Like they were like, Oh yeah, I customized it with the toy. But like yeah. you seem to have dove into that. Like people that are like really big on training Pokemon, like granted this isn't training Pokemon from what I can tell, but it seems like they that knowledge helps in this game. Yeah, like knowing what
1: moves Goodwill was. Well yeah. And like what so it's, it's like a, a really team. it's like
0: a big giant fan service game, kind of.
1: Yeah, yeah. You definitely get more out of it if you've played the previous core games. So
0: that makes sense. Yep. Knowledge is power. Knowledge yeah. is power. Yep. Yeah, yeah. As is NFC Pokemon toys in this game. Yeah, so I dig it. Oh, I see what you're doing there. You're transitioning. Oh, oh, to SteamWorld Dig. Oh, I got that. Uh, <laughs> no, but so overall, you'd say worth it for the fans. Maybe less so if you're not going yeah, to get the toys. Wary
1: if you, yeah, yeah, be wary if you're not that big of a fan. Right. But, but if you're, you're getting fan, the 15 Dungeons and & and Dragons sense. for the same price, say you're indifferent about it.
0: Oh yeah, Dungeons & Dragons came out. Do
1: you have it? Yeah, but I've yet to really play it. Next episode, expect impressions of the new Dungeons & Dragons. <laughs> I waited so long for that game. Yeah, it's, Capcom
0: had some bug issues or something I so tempted to
1: get it on the PS3, but I'm like, no, I have to get it for the Wii U. I'm proud of you for staying strong. Because support. And not
0: what, just support, not, but then we can talk about it because it's on Wii U now. You oh, can not talk about PS3 version. But yeah, so I guess that's next episode. But before next episode, we still have SteamWorld Dig impressions. So, switching over from you to me, I guess. Uh, SteamWorld Dig, A Fistful of Dirt, is the game's full name. I love that name. And it's actually a sequel to a DSiWare game called SteamWorld Tower Defense, which, as the name implies, was a tower defense game. This, however, is totally different. It's just the same world. So it's not really a sequel. It's more of, like, expanding the universe, I guess. Mm. So how... uh steam world dig works is it's a 2d side-scrolling platformer of sorts where you're basically forging your own path down a mine shaft you're digging and digging and digging and digging and digging and did i mention digging but no it's actually really fun like you do a lot of digging you're exploring a lot of things and it like that's the way i described it made it sound like you just keep digging but that's what's good about it like you just keep digging but it's in a really fun way so how it kind of works is um the game gives you vague ideas of where you want to go. It'll have a map on the bottom screen. It'll be like, okay, you're in, your, you're in the mine shaft. You kind to want to go to the right, like down to the right. And then you just dig, dig, dig until you get there. And um, each block you remove, be it just some dirt you dig or a gem you grab, and then you can take up to the town at the top of the mine shaft and turn in for money, and the, or they get money from it, and then you can buy items and whatnot. But uh, everything you remove, it remembers what you remove for the rest of the game. So every path you forge stays there for the rest of the game. So there could be things you miss entirely or things you don't miss and that you hit. Or, like, you can kind of strategically dig. And it's a lot more... And you have to, like, figure out... You have to dig in a way that you can make sure you can get back up to the top or at least get to a teleporter to the so top. So in theory, you could break the game by you no, digging out every single line. Well, not really game. break it because they put, like, things you can't dig. Like, they put artificial So, so there's limitation. still, like,
1: some sort of path you could get back there's, to,
0: assuming you break yes, every way but what you could do is there could be situations where... You could always wall jump up a wall, by the way. Always. That's an option. But there are situations where, like, you might not have a ledge that you can get to unless you use a power-up that you get that lets you do, like, an elevated jump. So there's ways around it, but you do have to kind of strategically dig if you want to get the most gems, if you want to get the most uh, orbs, which are, like, more things that help you get new weapons. Or not weapons, but items. That sort of thing. So it... It is like, there's almost like a puzzle like element because you could just dig straight down, but you won't get very much. You won't get very far. You won't get upgrades. So, you want to dig kind of strategically. You want to explore a little. It's kind of Metroid esque in that way. But, um, and yeah, every power up requires water. So, you need to, like, find pools of water to be able to power your, like, your drill, for example. You get a drill at one point that lets you dig a uh, harder rock. And then suddenly you have all these gems that you couldn't access before that now you can go get and bring to the surface, get money off of. So, I mean, adds core that's kind of how it is like you're just digging around and exploring new things but the way they do it it's like it's kind of both familiar and fresh like it's very it feels a lot like a lot of games you've played before but it kind of mixes them in a new way so there's for example elements of metroid involved so there's a lot of like i was saying exploration and there's power ups where you you can find these secret rooms as you dig around and in the rooms and they these are what the arrows guide you to roughly are those rooms so you're bound to find them it's just a question of. Do you find every single room or do you find the necessary rooms? So these rooms, when you get in, it switches from being so much about digging and more about solving puzzles, finding levers to open doors, doing various things that get you to those levers, that's using your power ups to do various puzzles, that sort of thing. And then when you get the when you beat the puzzle, you go to a room, you get a new upgrade. For example, a super fast running ability that works just like Samus's. Like literally like the same like fade effect as you're running, you know what I'm talking about, where it's like yeah. three sprites stacked? And then like, and literally to exit, it's like the same exit too. You run over a platform that disintegrates under you. So you have to run. You can't walk. teaches you the move. Identical metric. But, um, so there's, there's that exploration involved. Then you also have some elements of Mr. Digger, the, uh, not Mr. Digger, Mr. Mr. Driller. Driller. I was mixing up Dig Dug and Mr. Thank you. Mr. Driller, uh, where you have a limited supply. So yeah, you can keep digging and digging and digging, but at some point your light goes out. And if your light goes out, you can't see what's a gem and what's a piece of dirt. So you have to go back up to the surface and get more light, or you have to um, defeat little enemies along the way to get more light as a power-up, as like a little uh, item that yeah. appears when you kill them. That's like Mr. Driller in the sense with Mr. Driller you could keep digging, but you had to be careful of error resources or else you lose the puzzle. Yeah. So it kind of has that like that quick, like the quick management on the fly of your supply as you dig element. And then on top of that, there's also kind of almost a dungeon crawler element to all this, like Diablo or something, where you're you Yeah, you can keep digging forever, but you're not gonna get as far. You it's really like a back and forth you have to do. So you go as far as you can, then you go back to the surface, you deposit what you have, you buy item upgrades, you go back down, and then you can progress a little further, and then you go back to the surface and kinda of rinse and repeat. It's like a it's like a roguelike. Like uh it's like a roguelike except without the uh the same death situation where it's like insta death. Yeah. and you lose everything In this one if you die you lose half your loot but there's a kind of dark soul style it keeps your loot where you died and you can go back and get it later so it really mixes a whole bunch of if you can find where you were. Cuts once again the paths go every which way and you have to remember how you got there and what you dug through and whatnot so it's 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 a whole bunch of different ideas that are kind of mashed together and it works really well like it sounds kind of like okay so you just keep digging and then you go up and then you go down again and that just sounds repetitive but it's actually really fun like they do a really good job balancing everything they introduce the new power-ups at a pretty regular clip like if you're not too long between power-ups um you can constantly get new items to buy when you collect gems and that's another thing you have to manage is your inventory can only hold so many gems so that makes you go up to the surface again but then you can get more expansions to hold more gems or you can get new items that let you access new spots that you can't previous access like ladders to reach places you may have dug under but now you want to go up to since you can't really dig while jumping or anything that sort of thing so there's constantly these different strategies you can implement and different ways you can dig further and then it starts mixing in some other things like uh real this is really what story comes in it mix in it mixes in as you play you discover different environments and over the course of that you start learning there is another civilization here before these steampunk robots came to town like ain't like Years ago, there's another civilization. You start learning a little bit more about them and that sort of thing. So that's just a little more enticing than just endless digging. But there's also something kind of relaxing about the digging, like it's kind of like a puzzle game mixed up platformer with a little Metroid thrown in. It's the music, like uh, when you're on surface, it's very Western because it's um, it's a, a steam, The Steam World games are Western steampunk. So your robots powered by steam in the Wild West, oh. because why not? So. Um, yeah, so it's very Western up there. Down when you're digging, it's a little more ambient music. But it, it fits. It, it fits really well. But it's... uh, What was I going to say? Yeah, so as you're discovering these new environments, learning more about these civilizations, then enemies start becoming a bit bigger of an issue. And enemies are always play second fiddle to the exploration. You're always constantly exploring and kind of seeing the underground sites of gems, I guess. But, um, but these enemies do kind of play. And you usually just use your drilling pickaxe or your drill or whatever you have to dig use that against them usually but you do get power up at some point that actually is more of an attack so that helps too but uh and the enemies get more creative in these environments i mean there's zombies at one point i'm just gonna say that but it's uh yeah so it gets a little more interesting and there's also all these power-ups actually open up new opportunities because they're all steam powered naturally because it's steampunk so those water pools i talked about earlier they're placed in strategic ways too in the sense you know, in terms of, like, solving puzzles so you can access new things, and it's very, it's a lot of just, like, exploring to the point of finding more stuff to let you explore further. Does that make sense? Like, you explore, it kind of of reminds me, it's like Metroid, kind
1: of. Well, I was going to say, it reminds me more of, Well, yeah, definitely Metroid, but, um, that structure kind of reminds me of Chibi-Robo, where, like, you can barely go anywhere in the beginning because your battery keeps dying. You know what? It's it's just like Chibi-Robo. That's that's, a great analogy. But as the game progresses, Uh, you get a longer battery, you get more ways to, like, traverse the area and then eventually you could pretty much go wherever you want. You know,
0: that's a perfect analogy and now that I think about it, I think that's part of the reason I enjoy uh, SteamWorld League so much is it really is kind of like a mining steampunk 2D, 2D <laughs> vertically oriented Chibi-Robo. Hey, hey, guess what? They're both robots, so... Yeah, yeah. there you go. Maybe there's a crossover so in the Yeah, Blood works. Brothers. And... Yeah, but no, it, it, it actually is, that's a good way of capturing it because the way I'm describing it, like it's hard to grasp what makes it so good. It's just like, yeah, I Because mean, I'm describing crying. as yeah, just, like, so you dig. But the if it's, like, Chibi-Robo... Chibi Robo, like, like,
1: how do you explain that song? Like, oh, you go around cleaning the house, you pick up trash, you... Know,
0: but yeah, no, that's a good... It's, like, Chibi-Robo... The personality is what gets you... Too. Yeah, it's basically Chibi-Robo. It's Chibi-Robo with digging. But it's also worth mentioning that, um... The game just looks good. Like, it's... It's really nice sprite work. Like, even little things, like, when the, uh... When you use your steam powers, like, little puffs of steam come out from the robot as he's doing them and stuff. Like, just really atten- good attention to detail, um game has a good personality. Like, there's some robots on the top world that you could talk to. Each has a personality, and they all talk very Nintendo-y, like, gibberish voices. Oh. That kind of Bandra kazooie rare style. So the game just fits on Nintendo platform. Like, it makes sense for Nintendo system. It is really fun. And, um... I'm trying to think if I forgot anything major. I mean, the game itself isn't particularly long. Most people are able to be in, like, five to eight hours. I'm somewhere in the middle there, but... It can get up to more than that if you try and get every single item. And it does have replayability because while the structure is roughly the same, the gem placement and the orb placement, orbs once again being the extra stones used to upgrade beyond just paying for items, those are somewhat randomized from my understanding. So if you go back and play again, it's going to be a different experience. You're going to be forging different paths and discovering things in different ways. Although ultimately, it's still the same end goal. So It's like kind of a new experience, I guess. But it, it is a really fun game, and I mean, it's only eight ninety nine on the eShop, so I don't know why you wouldn't pick it up for that price. If you're a fan of any, if you're a fan of, like, Mystery Driller, or Metroid, or Chibi Robo is probably the best example, or even just, like, those sort of Dungeon Crawler, Diablo, Roguelike things, kind of like the Mystery, not really Mystery dungeon, but like actually an Odyssey, I guess. Like, those games where you just, like, you go into the dungeon, then you go back out, and then you then you go back in with more stuff you get further you go back out exactly like Chibi Robo like if you're into that sort of thing it's it's really fun and it's actually really fun if you're not to be honest because like I'm not big on entry and Odyssey I'm not big on Dungeon Crawlers but I I guess the lifting that idea of the back and forth and then plopping it into the saying of SteamWorld I'm okay with that it's fun I, I definitely recommend it it's, it's probably one of the better like the eShop has a lot of games but it's definitely up on the top tier I'd say like um, I really enjoy put it it. on the
1: must-have list. Like, yeah, with, I would like, say Muds
0: and yeah, I would say if you're like if you Shanta if you're a type of guy that like download or girl type guy or gal that downloads uh mutant Muzz and Shantae and all those like oh these are like this is what the three D ds shop's all about. If you're on top of that sort of stuff, this is one to add to the collection for sure. It's just it's good. Like if you if you have any it, as a two D platformer, it's I mean not a true platformer, but as a two D like exploration game, it's good. It's good no matter which lens you look at it through. It's a really well-done game, and the developers, they're this little small team in Sweden, and yeah, it's a good... Actually, the developers, that's an interesting thing, um, they were speaking with Polygon about, like, the the game's number one on all these shops around the world right now, oh, wow. but it has no marketing, and they were talking about Polygon, with, uh, to Polygon, about how that happened, and essentially, um, they first announced the game back in March, and we actually covered it here on the show in March, and we were both kind of like, oh, that could be cool, I guess, remember, we were like, oh yeah, it could be nice. Like, I think one of the comments to like, I guess the 3D effect would look cool. Which, by the way, it does. It's nothing special. It doesn't add anything. But it's a nice layering going on. There's, like, three or four layers deep of stones and whatnot. But, um, I think it's three or four layers. But, yeah. So, you know, everyone's like, oh, okay. And there was a little buzz build people were talking about, like us. But Image and Form, the developers kind of regret that they didn't seize on that at all. Just kind of like, oh, well, let's just keep working away. We have nothing to show. Then they just released the game. And then the buzz started built from there, and Tab put it in uh, that indie game spotlight they did in Europe, which oh. we talked about. And then like people started tweeting about it, there are forum threads about it, people are doing video reviews, and it organically got popular. They hadn't yet to make any marketing decisions. Like, put down any put-down-a-marketing money.
1: Yeah.
0: Everything they've done has been very organic. That's it's been very, very good for them. It's been viral, essentially. They're uh, they telling Polygon that their follower count went from 70 to 700 in a week on Twitter. Oh, well. So for a team that tiny, that's pretty awesome, and I mean they they deserve it. It is a really fun game, and I definitely recommend it. So it's hard to describe, though. Like I think chibi is probably the best analogy. For
1: those don't so, uh, know what Chibi-Robo is, though. Yeah, well, that's why I gave it's, it's, all those other yeah, examples. Yeah, it's, it's not the most.
0: Well, chibi is no... pretty well known to Nintendo fans, who I presume are the ones listening to this. That's true. Yeah, but no, it's a, it's an awesome game, awesome little game. It's uh, you know, it's the it's the right amount of content for the right for the right price. I'm very happy with it. Definitely check it out on the eShop. And it sounds like if you're a Pokemon fan, check out Pokemon Rumble U on the Wii U eShop as well. Yep. So I think with that, uh, I think that pretty much does it for this episode of the Round Town Podcast. Uh, as I mentioned when we were talking about 2DS, definitely check out my article on the 2DS called Why the 2DS is Actually a Good Idea. That's an extra on the site, randomtown.com. Um We covered a good chunk of what I said in it, but you know, just for like a broader picture, that's probably better organized thoughts on it definitely check out the article uh also as always we'll have more extras coming up on the site going forward so stay tuned and between now and our next episode for even more article editorial goodness i guess Um, you can also the easiest way to stay in the loop about that is probably to follow us on twitter uh at ram nintendo or you can do us individually i'm jsr7 jose is Wero. I'm gonna spell it. I'm sorry. W e i r o underscore o. If those of you don't know how, what his spelling is, because it's a little out there. You have an underscore and a second o, even though your name's not Weroo. It should be O. We should start going. And he's where Oh. I just like Wero. I know, just a face I at the end. Yes, I know. But uh, so yeah, follow us on there to make sure you don't miss out on any random type of content. You can also follow us or friend us on Meverse. We haven't mentioned that in a few weeks. um I'm Jason R. He's the same Wero with the same underscore and the same o. Yeah, you can see a
1: picture I just drew using a sketchbook thing that I said I wasn't going to buy. But you got anyway. Art
0: Academy sketchpad? Yeah. Okay, and in that case, after you follow us on Meverse, you can also tune in in two weeks' time for his impressions on Art Academy it's sketchpad. Just we'll talk about it. We'll figure out a way, or not. Because I have, you, Will you find out about Art County Sketchpad? Tune in next time to find out if you'll find out. What happens when you there. have five extra dollars from the little
1: gift cards after Dungeons and Dragons? Oh and like, yeah, you know
0: I need something to spend it on because. because so I feel I have to. But yeah, for nothing else, follow him for his drawings. Follow me for my occasional posts. Or friend us. We could play online sometime. I'm down to play with any. Listener. But uh with that said, tune in, if nothing else, tune in on September 22nd for our next episode. It's going to be, sounds like it's shaving up to actually be a pretty big episode. We're going to have full impressions of Wonderful 101, which comes out next week. Pick that up. Maybe. Wait for our impressions. I swear I said that was to say pick it up before getting impressions. Uh, so we'll have that in two weeks. We'll also have the Dungeons and Dragons game on Wii U. Apparently, we're now going to have Art Academy impressions, maybe. So it's going to be a packed episode. There's also, of course, going to be all the latest news and our thoughts on that. So we'll see you in two weeks' time. In the meantime, go download Steam World Dig, and if you're a Pokemon fan who likes button mashing, among other things, and toys and toys, check out Pokemon. Or just yeah. buy the toys. You don't really have to buy the game to enjoy do the toys. Or do that. Either way, go spend some money on video game things in the next two weeks, and we'll see you. <laughs> yeah, stimulate the economy. Yeah, stimulate that economy.